To all units, proceed to your post assignments. All units, proceed to your post assignments. Ramming speed. Who says that when you're out of ammo, the battle's over? Look at us. Catherine Applegate, 1st Marion Legion. You are listening to Wolfnet Radio, the show that reminds you, brass to the grass will save your ass. Links on top. For all of you belt-fed fans out there. Tonight, I will be your host this evening. Matthew, we need a boater plane, Bloodbath Barons. Hi, Matt. host tonight. <laughs> hi. Nobody says hi to you. They don't have to. I'm, I know, but I just noticed that. Like, nobody says, hi, I Matt. Can be re- I can be replaced. <laughs> Post yourself. <laughs> I can be oh, your I huckleberry. Mean. I can be your huckleberry. <laughs> Where are you going with that shotgun? Co-host tonight, this evening, Andrew, Old Salty, Minnow Crow. Good evening, guys. The Salty Minnow, I like that. You got it! The Salty Minnow! (laughs) (laughs) It's not quite like what you put in a tequila bottle. You could, though. (laughs) could. And Aaron, not my infantry, Coach Crow. Hi, everybody. Luke Charles is in charge. Gideon Dirks. Hello, Wolfnet. I miss that show. (laughs) It'll be coming on again today. It was a good show. And Thomas, I finally read the book, Silent Sea Raven Kruger. The book, not a book. The book. Didn't I say the book? No, I agree. I'm just letting everybody else know. <laughs> the book. The book. Tommy can, now enter, Tommy can now enter the spoilers channel on the Discord. Yeah, finally. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be unlocked. And tonight's special guest with us this evening, a CSO artist, a Kevin Hot Sauce, a wit, a.k.a. also known as Boshito. Hey, everybody. Welcome, Hi. Kevin. Oh, Thanks for having me on, guys. Even though you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> the beautiful well, we thing, do- Kevin, is nobody can see you doing air quotes. Oh, well, they don't oh, know you're doing But that. they can feel the air quotes coming through. <laughs> 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 oh, I'm just kidding. Bu- I know you are. It's okay. Matt, still, did you say Bushido? He said Bushido. It's Bushido, I think. Yeah. Hi, Cyclone. Like a cyclone. Come say hi to us. Come here. Come here. Daughters of the cast. Also a special guest. Zena Cyclone Crawl. Like this? Hi. Hello. Hi. The second best ghost bear person I know. Now what what was your what was your quote from earlier? I forgot about that. (laughs) Take it. You, you were, Take it! You, I don't want it. She saw bear. She had some people just can't handle the fame. <laughs> what, what was she saying earlier, Andrew? She's the better ghost bear. Oh, <sighs> yeah. Talking smack. Wow. She did win that. Guess. We had. We we went and uh, so Bob, a, a cat that I've been playing uh, Alpha Strike with the last couple of weeks, had three. He had seven guys supposedly showing up, and 
we ended up having three and we played a couple of a uh, couple of games so i got to introduce the 350 format and alpha strike to a couple of new players uh they seem to have a really good time uh z came with and she lasted one game and then looked at me and she said i'm gonna go upstairs because we ended up talking too much you know we're she's there to roll dice and you know all this talking stuff just isn't isn't working for her so it was kind of comical <laughs> guys keep screwed around nobody's gonna win <laughs> yeah i mean is ah, it is it really a fight between a sib kid and a salama uh <laughs> warrior <laughs> salama are you eating salama i don't know what it's called the the real the struggle it's is salami. real yeah shut up gold <laughs> well, tonight we have you know, a wonderful podcast for you this evening. Uh, topics we are going to oh, be having—that's that's yet to be seen. <laughs> okay, so a subservient uh, <laughs> podcast this evening will be running a little bit on an interview with said CSO artist. Uh, news and community uh, battle reports, some uh, Wolfnet Regiment items, and. Wow, the list does not really go on and on tonight. So hopefully it'll be a really good interview. <laughs> the pressure's on, man. The heat is on. Yes. On the street. On the street. Well, it hasn't. It sounds like the heat hasn't been really anywhere in the Midwest as of late. I mean, Mm-mm. Dale's, what, still without power and in, in making meat over his gas fireplace in the house? So He, he, has, he has power. <laughs> he just doesn't have water now. So he's found a okay. better way of cooking. He's found a better way of <laughs> yeah. cooking? That's good. So does that mean we're going to get a CSO tutorial on how to paint with frozen paint? Ooh. You'd have to How to defrost your paint kit. How to defrost right. your paint kit. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've actually like I when I was in college, I left a box of paint in my car and it got frozen, and that that doesn't remix. <laughs> so. That's been the biggest uh, nightmare I've trying not to make reality because I have a case that contains all the paint materials. So I, you know, move things from time to time to reorganize, but it's just like the one thing the family knows: like, don't ever put this case in the garage. Because yeah. <laughs> it will be frozen solid in like ten minutes. I I would just like to say five seconds, and we haven't we we haven't officially started the interview, and Kevin is already dropping knowledge bombs on us. <laughs> knowledge bombs, <laughs> knowledge bombs. Ancient secret. Don't let your paint. Is that like friendship missiles? <laughs> no, no. Friendship no, missiles no. are not that friendly. <laughs> no, they're not. not. <laughs> they come all the way from Spain too. Yep. All right. So, starting off this interview, Kevin, how did you get started in the camo specs? Um, there was a couple Gen Cons ago that Ryan Peterson gave me a hard time, um, and I was doing commission work for some other people at the time, and it's kind of like, eh, you know, whatever. Uh, then Dale got, or Dale was applying, and he and I kind of hit it off, even though we had never met. It's just kind of one of those weird, like, internet friendships. Um. And so he was going, I was like, well, I'm going to do it too if Dale's going to do it. That was kind of how I got in. It took Ryan a couple of years of pestering me to finally <laughs> submit. So. But I'm really glad I did. I mean, I should I should have done it years ago. It's just, it's one of those things where, like, I was just being dumb. So. It's like, you're being dumb. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. 
Yeah, it was pretty much it. Ryan would be like, hey, you'd be a better painter if you're in CSO. And it's like, okay, right? The label Ryan, makes Ryan right. such a nice guy. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I needed a little bit of that kind of nudging to do it. So I'm really glad I did. Like, I love Battletech, and it's really neat to be a part of it and get a chance to paint the stuff. Um, like, when I finally, I didn't see the, I didn't see anything for the clan box sets until I got it. And then like, I looked at the book and the box is like, Oh my God, those are my minis. And I was just, it's like a dream. So. I mean, do so, you, do you geek out hard when you see those? Like, you're like, yeah, or is it not so much anymore? You're like, Oh yeah, I remember that one. My stuff. Or, yeah. I mean, I don't really geek out hard over my stuff. It's just, so like, I, I remember when Camelot's like started, like, I used to hang on uh, Lords of the Battlefield forum when I was like in middle school and high school. And um, like the guys like Drew Williams and Dak and um, Dave Fanjoy and Ross Hines that all kind of started it. And I knew Drew through my dad and like the one miniatures rules book that came out. So my dad is a huge Battletech guy. Like he's been playing since the eighties and, it's thousands of minis and he's had, you know, collections. He bought like most of Archer's collection when Archer got out and all that kind of stuff. Um, he's bought a ton of pieces from Drew. And so like when that miniature book came out, my dad's like, I own that piece and I own that piece and I own that piece. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I had that like growing up. That's what I saw all the time. And so actually being CSO now is pretty awesome. Does he get free commissions? No. <laughs> does he, get, no. does he, he gets charged extra. <laughs> he, he he gets a miniature for Christmas, and he gets a miniature for his birthday, and usually one for Father's Day. Um, so, but anything else, he, he pays. For <laughs> <laughs> yes. Does he hit you up though? Like the ones that show up showed up on the rule book? Was he like, I need to kind of complete the com collection? Well, I haven't really been given. Like, we didn't get the okay to sell Wave One prototypes until like a week ago. So, right uh, on. Oh, and speaking of we wave one, go ahead. What? Oh, <laughs> I just remember <laughs> Kevin sending me a message saying, "Like, well, this got out of hand." <laughs> <laughs> How? What was the final price on that Marauder? Oh, it's still got three days to go. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's been silent for like four days. Oh, okay. So, so it's still around but, the ninety dollars. Yeah, a bunch of people, a bunch of people bid on Wednesday, and then it's just been sitting. I'm just there'll stagnant. Be a, there'll be a, there'll be a flurry in the last two hours. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to pay for a hardware studios order. <laughs> so my wife doesn't find out. I like how you're paying for one one hobby with another hobby. <laughs> well, I need terrain. I need terrain. I need terrain. That's so it's like, do you? Do. You know, there's a YouTube hey. video that that shows how to make terrain out of styrofoam. I'll have to check it out. Eric <laughs> could just make you a set. If you if you want to check out like a really well, tiny I think, YouTube I channel, I, I think I want to set on the Facebook page. I like commented the right answer. I never got <laughs> my, my, my Oh, Lord. you are, and I I have it. Uh, but uh, well, Tommy took the snow set. So I have oh, to make okay. you a new snow set, but you, you can give you like I really appreciate it, but give it to somebody who's new. Um, uh, I am new. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm very lazy and I'm very capable of making my own terrain. I just don't want to, so I just need to do it. Okay, so, well I have please, one. Please. That's okay, man. Pass have... my set on to pass my set on to somebody who's new. Okay. I really appreciate it though. The boy and I have been playing, so I see. he got into it pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's kicking your butt, isn't he? 
He probably is. He did. Yeah. He beat me the last time. So, RNG. Uh, speaking of that hardware studios, that stuff is amazing. I'm super. Again, like like you said, I'm slowly stashing money away from the wife to to put my first order in. <laughs> <laughs> Those buildings are just awesome. Yeah. Well, like we get. I got to play with uh, a bunch of guys in Virginia, and like Corey Orton has this massive table. It's like uh, a fortress and a bunch of buildings, and it was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. I got. And I, I, got I have like zero terrain painted, so I'm, I'm, I'm classy. I got. I got some. I got some Dale buildings coming to you here in a little bit. So. Ooh. Nice. I'm excited. So uh, speaking of like dreams. Is there a new miniature coming out that you're looking at from like Wave Two that you can't wait to get your hands on? The Wave Two Kickstarter stuff. I probably already has it. In particular. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he already has it. <laughs> I've, I've like abused the privilege so hard. <laughs> just... Did one? Did one stick it out to you? Or, uh... Um. Gosh, the Wave Two stuff. That's a tough question because there's so many good ones. Um, like, I did see the other day. I don't know if it was a, a was I saw an annihilator. Somebody had a picture of an annihilator. Yeah, that was a 3D print. Oh, yeah, that, was, that wasn't a prototype. Balls, because that um, looked really good. Hey, coach. Yes. How about any new? Can I, can I narrow down, down to three? Yes, you can have three. The Black Knight. It's just like the best Black Knight mini ever. Um, yeah, and seeing that in Brent's hands the other May was pretty sweet to see that. Yeah. Um, the Marauder two. Marauder two. Say the, the Marauder, Marauder two. two. The Marauder two. The Marauder two C. Like, because <laughs> like growing up, like that mini, like on eBay was like one hundred and twenty dollars or something mm-hmm. crazy. It was a cool mini, and the new one has all the features that had, but like in better proportion and so Robert you see for sure. I'm so um, glad I'm so glad they've kept that angular. Yeah. Looks real predatory, very cool. And then um the Fire Moth Mini. I don't know. It's cool. Really? Oh. Yeah, the Fire Moth Mini man. I would not have picked that one. I'm gonna I'm gonna need a lot of those. <laughs> I am surprised you didn't bring up the Kodiak. I love the Kodiak Mini. It's just like, you know, I've never been a big, like, Kodiak fan, but I had a ton of fun painting that one. That was a blast. And well, I really if you don't it. like him, you can just, I got a mailbox. Uh, that, one's, that one stays with me, man. Wasn't there? <laughs> it's pretty. It's very pretty. Wasn't there a little, like, uh, I don't know, kind of a hubbub about the new Kodiak? Like, some people didn't like it. and um, Well, I mean, it, it, it's Battletech. If you build it, they'll complain, right? I mean, no one's going to like it. I mean, no, I mean, no one's in like everything 100. percent And That's so, like, it I has was, a little I bit was, of it has a little bit of a Care Bear face, but it still looks pretty cool. I was very skeptical on you know seeing the first initial renditions to the final the final product, and I'm really starting to warm up to the new even the Care Bear face because I could just paint him as a Care Bear. That's fine. Oh, you could have like five Kodiaks all painted up as Care. <laughs> I. I have a plan for that. Nice. I will say, I will say that like holding the mini compared to looking at the render, the mini is so much better. Beefy. 
It's kind of how Charles feels about the crab, don't you, Charles? <laughs> oh, jeez. Oh, oh, every time I look at it, I'm trying to figure out how to cut the medium laser off and reposition it to the middle of the center torso where it belongs. So where, so where is that cockpit? There, it, it doesn't have glass. Crabs don't have glass. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows. Mario is trying to bribe me to when I paint an official one to not paint the canopy where it's supposed to be. <laughs> Mario's a man of my own heart. There we go. There we go. I can't do that. I have to paint it. <laughs> maybe, otherwise, otherwise it won't be official. Maybe Blaine and Brent uh, with their new venture can uh, th- uh, make like a piece that you can glue onto the crab or something that fixes it. <laughs> That's your optional piece for yeah, your, your optional kid. piece. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the Gideon or altercation, alteration. <laughs> oh, that that would be cute if it was the Gideon version. <laughs> okay, so the Black Knight, the Marauder Two C, and the Fire Moth. Yeah, why the Fire Moth? I'm gonna need a lot for 350 lists, man. Oh, boom! boom. Well, you only get two. Yeah. Oh wait. No, you can have, have the. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have multiple lists painted oh, in like yeah. action appropriate colors. I got gotcha, you. So. I got gotcha. you. And that's like a no brainer. He's got the hookup. Yeah. Well, I'm trying not to abuse that privilege. I've already abused it quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> if it makes it makes you feel any better, you could abuse it on our behalf. Just redirect those minis and then you can do it for a good cause I'm pretty sure i'd lose my nda if I did that. <laughs> we'll sign ndas with you see that's how that's how this corporate thing works i don't think i have the authority to have you sign <laughs> let's let, let, let's move on all right moving along what uh what kind of favorite faction or unit are you uh dead set on um I mean, it's no secret. I'm a big Clan Wolf fan. Um, I don't know. <laughs> That's okay. I just, it, I just, I don't know. It's always been Clan Wolf, Mech Warrior Two, and I was playing that when I was like eight. And Clan Wolf, man. Now, do you have a specific Toman or a specific galaxy or a specific? I mean, trinary you think of? Not really. I mean, now that. My my tiger strike wolves have been assigned to an actual like galaxy, probably them. Very good. Nice. I think they got they got assigned to Gamma. So nice. And you, I just you... I just I just forced that paint scheme through, man. I just I just kept pushing <laughs> it. It's like push we will accept twist, this huh? as canon. I was gonna say you're <laughs> you're throwing your weight around everywhere, aren't you? <laughs> if you paint enough tiger stripes, they will accept it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you have a a certain era of wolves that are your favorite? See, I like playing Battletech in every era. So, I mean, I mean, Ulrich Kerensky, like that, those wolves are probably the coolest in fiction. Uh, like, I, I, those are always probably, because they, like, were unique amongst the clans, but actually, like, were successful in the invasion, unlike the Jaguars and everybody else. And, uh, I don't know, probably them. Nice. And people no. that say, people that say plot armor, they're almost haters. Like somebody's got to move the story forward. <laughs> like you mean, like the like the writers and catalysts have to move the story forward. Yeah, and the one faction has to be the one to do it. But what what faction in BattleTech doesn't have some sort of plot armor? I mean, 
It's true. Like every faction has Merrick. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> all right, <laughs> you got Merrick me there. Is in- Merrick is invincible to all attacks except other Merrick attacks. Yeah, well, they're, yeah. <laughs> they're invincible to everyone but themselves. Yeah, I think right well, now Ghost Bear is because Ghost Bear is just sitting there. We well, can't have plot armor if you don't do anything. <laughs> don't remind me. <laughs> Talk about sitting on the fence. Well, Re- Re- Republic of the Sphere definitely doesn't have any plot armor. <laughs> yeah, I can tell you that. Well, not anymore. Yeah, not anymore. <laughs> they, they did until Hour of the Wolf. <laughs> Would you say it's been smothered out? <laughs> they, they, uh, they used up all uh, the ink on that uh, one. Uh, smothered out. I like that one. <laughs> hey, I get the joke. <laughs> I read a book. I read a book. <laughs> Yay! So, Kevin, what, like, in 30 seconds or less, what is your approach to painting a mini? Like, what's your process? <laughs> your, what's your order? In 30 seconds. And I am timing you. <laughs> and... I mean, so... Primer and then primer and then like I'll use white ink with my airbrush to kind of like pick out where I think the light's gonna go. That doesn't show up when I paint it, but it, it gives me kind of like a framework to work off of. And then base coat, airbrush highlights, uh, and then some sealant, and then shading. And I'll usually do some shading with the airbrush with some inks, and then um, then do all the recess shading, and, and then edge highlights or any kind of panel highlights I want to do. And once I have all that done, um, then details, metallics, cockpits last, um, always. What about bases? When do you do those? At the very end. I guess okay. so cockpits right before the base. Okay. Um, decals usually come on at some point, like after the edge highlights, but before it's done. See, that that always made that's like, I can paint the entire mini and I'm doing fine, but when it comes to then doing the base... I get so nervous that I'm gonna like slip with the brush, and I'm gonna slap a big blot splot of brown in the middle of my paint job, and it's gonna be ruined, and I'm gonna have to start all over. Well, oh see, man! The the trick there is to like save your save your progress. So like like if you do things right with like matte varnish and stuff, like you can use kind of a layer of matte varnish like a save button, and then like if you get to that step and you're worried about like slopping base like base paint up on the brush, like you get some paint where you want to go, stop, grab another brush, put a little IPA on it, and kind of just wash it off. And you might ruin the paint that's on the base, but that doesn't matter because you don't want to repaint that. But use your matte varnish as kind of like a save button so that if you do something you don't like, you can use a little bit of something that's going to dissolve that acrylic paint. Not a whole lot, just real quick and hmm. make an eraser. I mean, nowadays I probably seal a mini, you know, five... 10, 15 times. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. that, that can be a process, yeah. Makes sense. Especially if I'm jumping between, like, medium, like, oils and acrylics and stuff. Because um, you have to see it. Yeah, I mean, that's you have to seal it before that layer and then after the layer. Um, so there's two. But light coats, very light coats. Yeah, that's one thing I've started to do a lot more is uh less is more basically you know water water the paint down uh let it flow a lot better i used to be terrible just like stick the brush in the in the paint bottle and just be like do 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 like yeah there are people that like criticize other people's work like thin your paints bro 
and it's like <laughs> it's kind of crappy and it, it's like not good feedback it's like thin your paints bro like what's that even mean and like i think as you're learning to paint like learning to thin paint and paint with thinner paint is helpful but like i don't really thin my paint now like i throw it on the wet palette and i just paint and like i'm not really mixing a whole lot of water i mean sometimes i do but i mean the more thin your paint is the more layers you're gonna need to achieve an effect and, right like if you don't have good opacity like with the, some of the stuff i do it like, a brush it take me like a million hours so i started learning how to paint with thick paint just but being careful but when you're learning to paint like painting within paint is helpful because you don't have to worry about texture and clumpiness and that kind of thing but when people say like thin your paints bro and they give like no feedback to somebody i just want to <laughs> punch him in the mouth <laughs> it's such it's such a crappy thing to say to another person who's trying to be like it's not helpful well you can paint a mini successfully with not thin paint yeah and i was so, touching touching base on kind sorry, of sorry i'll calm down no it's, that's that's a good thing so talking about attitude and uh positive and negative feedbacks with you know community base how do you how do you feel that the community is doing or could improve I think community, just attitude i think community generally is pretty well it's like if somebody's painting something in a way that they don't like or whatever like i mean there's a million ways to paint a minute you don't have to do it the same way and just because me or ryan or dale does something one way like that's how we learn to do it and refine it but like everybody can come up with their own method and some people like just need to be receptive to that i think but right. i think in general the community is pretty supportive you know there's always a bad apple out there here or there but um and I restrain myself from wanting to get into a fight on Facebook. Well, uh, I will say but, the wet palette has, like, upped my game a lot. And I used to, when I was in college, I used to mix paint on, like, these, like, these, like, pads of palette paper you'd get it. And, like, paint would dry out in, like, five minutes and, like, squirting more paint on my thing. It's so it's a waste of time. Like, yeah. the wet palette is such a useful tool. Oh, it's, it's so much better these days. It's... And uh, and when I say thin thin your paint out, like that's usually what it is on the wet palette. There's enough moisture there that, and it's amazing how long your paint lasts too. Like, yeah, for sure. Like one of the things I try to tell people, like when they ask me for advice about how to start painting or whatever, is like, don't make things harder for yourself because it's already a challenge. Like it's already something that is conceptually hard, and you're trying to wrap your brain around it. Like, but don't set yourself up for failure. So like invest in a wet palette and invest in a good brush and these things so that like you're not fighting bad tools um i'm gonna go off script here one second uh i just thought of this if you're giving advice to maybe not a new painter but like a painter that has done a few minis <clears throat> what and that, but they don't want to spend like hours on it what would be the one thing you would recommend for making your mech pop that's simple to do like edging on highlights or, or highlighting edges or or doing this you know what would be the like a simple quick thing to do that makes that mini just a little extra better Big, biggest bang for the least buck yeah yeah okay um like for instance i'm notoriously bad at this i'll just dry brush every edge on a mech with white just just to get that like line on it but i see other people's mechs and they have like it looks like they've actually painted the line on and it looks a lot but it looks like they're doing every single panel and i'm like 
I don't have time for that. <laughs> so, I mean, I think dry brushing gets a bad rap. And if you look at that Marauder that I have up on eBay right now, I dry brushed some of the highlights on that. Like, I mean, so I, I guess I would say, like, if you're trying to do something bang for the buck, like, you want to get as much contrast as possible, least amount of work. So you're going to want to base coat the mini however you want to base it. Probably use, like, future floor wax to gloss it. Oil wash it to get all your panel lines, or oil or enamel wash it to get all your panel lines shaded very quickly. That'll have to dry for a day, seal it, and then dry brush it. And you'll get good, because, like, what makes things pop is contrast. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, contrasting colors. So if your mech is blue, you know, you want a warm orange cockpit or, like, warm orange yellow cockpit. If your mech is, you know, um, green, then you're going to want, like, red, like, you want red in places so that it pops more. Yeah, your, uh, your complementary colors. Learn purple, your color wheel. Purple, yellow. <laughs> so I guess, like, to make something pop with a least amount of work, they just use things that contrast. So dark, light, warm, cool, and then colors that contrast and um, use that thing. Because then at three feet away, you're like, oh, well, you know, that many stands out. If that makes sense. I think that's my biggest downfall is letting the mini dry overnight. Because <laughs> if it sits overnight, it's like, oh, next week I'll get to it now. Dale, Dale breaks that rule, and I don't understand because I've actually tried and then, like, ruined minis. Like, he'll, like, oil paint something. He'll go spray it with, like, tester's dull coat. He'll let that dry for maybe an hour, and then he's working on it again. <laughs> and I tried that, and, like... I had like solvents dissolving through things and it just didn't work. So either I suck at oil painting, which I do, or <laughs> would it, uh, would it or matter? The, magic. Would the environment matter where you have like a quick dry area where it's yeah, blowing air or what? Maybe. I don't know. Do you use a uh, hair dryer or a heat gun to quicken the process? Depending on what I'm working on, like the prototypes, no, because <laughs> they're resin and I don't want to. I don't want to melt anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any kind of heat on those new Droopy models nice. will yeah. have them droop. Like, there's no lie. Uh, there was a great CSO video where just dip your mech in hot water and take it out. And then you can kind of rearrange some stuff like that. And yeah. That was a very helpful video. No, but I, I do use an air dryer occasionally. But, like, we only have the one. I'm too lazy to get my own, so I steal my <laughs> wife's. <laughs> and then she'll be like, get her to church. I'll, I'll like be painting on a Saturday night and like be up really painting, and then she'll get up on Sunday to get ready for church. And, I'll, and she's like, where's my hair dryer? It's like, uh, it's in my studio. <laughs> oh, no. I may have borrowed Do you, do you use her makeup it. brushes as well? Uh, Not anymore. <laughs> so, yes. I, I plead the fifth. My wife told me to get my own hair dryer. So. She got she got me my own set of makeup brushes. Aww, <laughs> that support. Yeah. Oh, I I kind of wanted to go back, Kevin, because we were talking about contrast. Is, is there such a thing as too much contrast? Because I the, the the reason I came up with this question is I was going through CSO looking at everybody's minis because there's something about your style where I always stop and go, that's the way that i you know that i think it looks right um and i think the more i looked at it the more i realized it's the level of contrast um because i feel like it because everybody on cso is super amazing don't get me wrong it, but they like they will up the contrast to a level where it like like coach was saying every panel gets like the entire gradient which is like technically like masterful like mind-blowingly good skill 
but then it kind of gives me the feel like it's gloss paint like 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 the mech is painted in a high high gloss finish and it's like who who's painting their war machine in high gloss um so <laughs> do you feel like there's like too much contrast as possible or is it just a matter of application so i've, I've invested a lot of time in taking classes um because i i want to get better as a painter and i there's some things that my list of things i want to accomplish before um i lose the ability to do so um and so I took a class with uh, Sergio Calvo Rubio, who's a Spanish painter who's won some crystal brushes and stuff. And he'd walk around the class and like look at your mirror, like more contrast, more contrast. And that's like all he'd say, um, not all he'd say, but like when he was walking around, like between sessions where he'd actually like teach and just give me feedback, he'd always be like, oh, more contrast. And then when you got enough contrast, okay, add more. <laughs> and, I mean, it was, because it, it, like, I mean, it depends on the effect you're going for, I guess. But, um, like, I think there is something to be said for, like, restrained amount of contrast. Like, I mean, like, I, there probably is a such thing as too much. Like, the most contrast possible would be, like, painting something black and then painting a bunch of edges white, and then, like, that's all contrast. And that's probably too much contrast. So, like, there probably is such a thing. Um, I took another class on doing non-metallic metals recently, and they talked about doing, like, global versus um, panel-specific lighting. And they showed some examples of global lighting versus panel specific. And like, I kind of learned this talking to Dale a while ago, but never put it together um, for painting like other things. But like, cause, cause Dale doesn't individually panel highlight stuff. He just kind of globally highlights an area um, and then lets his shading and his glazing do the rest of the work. And I kind of gotten, I used to like panel highlight everything. Like every panel got its own blend and it's very tedious and time consuming, but like it also can't tell at a distance. And so I started going to more of like a global lighting. I do some other things like edge highlighting and stuff. Um, it's a little different, but I, I think global works better. Uh, it just, it, I, for my own like taste, I guess. Uh, and like the example I, in this non-metallic metals class I took um, through ministry monthly was, it was a really great class. And um, all the examples I saw like global lighting, which looked to me better. And then they showed some real world examples of like people at um, like SCA or whatever in like night armor. And it looked more like global lighting without like individual panels highlighted. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I think probably there's such a thing as too much contrast, but it's also like the finish you're going for. Cause if your finish is very matte, there won't be very much contrast, but if your finish is very gloss, it will most kind of metal would be more satin finish. And so you're kind of in between the two and that's like a big gradient, like, you know, it's not like, you know, a little bit of space. I mean, there's a big gradient between like matte and gloss and all that in between to be satin, I think. And so long would an answer, but. Well, no, that's, that, that's the kind of answer I was, uh, uh, looking at because yeah, like, like I said, cause you get that like high gloss finish sometimes. And like I said, if that's what you're going for, that's awesome. And in other uh, like other applications, like for people that do like 40k or like doing their D and D figurines, where the scale is different, that feels more correct having the higher higher levels of contrast. But when it comes to the miniature representing like a 10 meter tall war machine, then it, it doesn't quite click in my head anymore. And maybe it's just me. I might just be going on no, I, <laughs> this I, long I, rant too. But I, I agree with. You a little bit. I mean, it's not a little bit. I agree with you. It's, it's, it's one of those things where 
it's just different. And I, I try to put that kind of scale perspective in mind when I'm doing minis. Um, and I do, I mean, Battletech's my main thing, but I, I paint a lot of other stuff. Uh, and yeah. Ooh, what's the hardest miniature you've ever painted? Damn Wraith Knight, I'm not finished with you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I, I've been on like a two month hiatus from that because I just got burned out again. And, um, you know, it, probably when I get it finished and be like, I'm not even going to enter this in Golden Demon now. I'm going to do something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, how's the saying go? The uh, hardest mini is the one you're working on, and the best one is the one you just finished, or something like that. <laughs> so. I'm I'm just gonna keep rolling here. Um, yeah, go for can, it. Can can we get a ancient Brashido secret of how do you get your weathering and your dirtying of your mech's feet? Sure. Um. So I tend to not put a whole lot of work into the mech feet because I know I'm gonna dirty them up. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's ancient Brashido secret number one. There. Um. As far as like whether so like there's a kind of brush you can get called a scrambler. And a scrambler is a round brush with stiff bristles that's kind of like a makeup brush, but a lot stiffer. Um, and instead of dry brushing with that, I'll get paint on the tip of it. And it's the scrambler I use is probably like half an inch wide. Um, I can't remember what number it is, but I'll dip the whole tip flat into some paint, and then I'll get a bunch of it off on some paper towel. And then instead of dry brushing i'll dab it onto the base paint and so i'm going like like perpendicular to the base kind of stamping the paint on um and that catches the grit i use in the base uh it makes some texture there but then i non-discriminately just kind of let some get on the feet um and it kind of gives me some lines and some dry brushing effect and some little scrapey looking things um and also some splatter and <sighs> I do that, like, when I when I paint a base, I'll paint the base, like, the, the, the darkest color I'm going to use. And I don't, I try not to let any of that get on the feet. And then when I go through to actually paint the um, the rest of the, like, highlight the, the dirt up, then I'll let some of it get on the feet. Very so cool. Kind of like, yeah, a, like a straight bristle, kind of a, like, you're just dabbing it instead of yeah, brushing. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I got away from dry brushing it because, like, I felt like I could control it better just going straight up and down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that also that, let me kind of get that, on the feet. Is that kind of like stippling then? Yeah. Wow. Okay. What's the definition the, of stippling? The, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the, the brush, is, I mean, stippling scrab- is, scrabblers are really cheap brushes, and they're, they're, I mean, it's a synthetic I use that I love, actually, but. Stippling is like when you have a firearm and you want more grip on your handle, so you basically heat up an iron and you basically push into the polymer and you create almost like golf ball pips. So like a dimpling. Only little, little stabs. You're stippling. Little, little baby stabs. Little baby stabs. So if you want good-looking mech feet, stab them. Stab, stab them with a brush. <laughs> with a scrambler. With a scrambler. With a scrambler. Does that look like a fan brush? Um, No, I mean, unless I'm calling it the wrong thing. I thought it was just a round-headed brush. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I got it at Michael's. The beauty of, ra- of radio. <laughs> nope, I got it. I got it. I got it pulled up right now. It's a Marcella Fitch Scrumbler. 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 I do live in India. 
<laughs> Man, we, we, we need to get ourselves like uh, one of those, what do they call them? Uh, Amazon uh, contributor affiliate accounts. links. Yeah. yeah, affiliate links. Yeah. We'll, we'll be like, oh, and this is the brush we were talking about, everybody. <laughs> This is a this is the Bruschetto secret. I'll I'll try to put the image link in the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> the the other thing I'll do with the base, like once I have the paint done and everything's dry, is I'll get I have a, a, a handful of pigment and I'll get some dry pigment and do the same thing with a like a brush that has like no water in it um, to kind of get a dusty effect if I want it dusty. Um, it's it's almost like a, a a water paint brush. Yeah cool and the other the other trick there to if you want like dusty feet is you don't want to just like have the dust all over the foot like you want the dust to go in place it's going to settle because like if the like the toes are sticking out like they're going to drag across the ground and they're going to knock dirt off of them you want the dust in like the joints and stuff that aren't going to be like hitting the ground as much so there's a little bit of a trick there you don't just you don't just cover the whole foot in mud or dirt or dust (laughs) like you put it in places where it's going to collect so I beg you're to talking differ. about you're, you're almost talking about a gold panning uh, process of the uh, stratifying, stippling. Sure, where sure. Strat, no strat, stratifying is where the the dust settles in the in the cracks and all that stuff. Oh. on the backside. Yeah, neat. Well, like I was watching a video on YouTube where a guy was painting Space Marine bikes, and he's like, "Okay, it's time to weather the weather the tires," and he didn't just like paint the tires. He like painted the crevice you got dirt in the crevices of the tire because that makes sense like, yeah the tires sure. flipping through mud like the tire so like I, you know one and one is two and i figured it out yeah because hmm. the constant so the constant tension on the surface is going to wipe it away everything yeah. in the cracks is going to retain nice yeah well no i just always felt like uh because on my minis when i do so like I uh, do some sort of wash or something to like tie it into the base. It really has a good overall effect. And I, I you have, you have some of the best feet in the business, sir. So I thought I'd just come to you. <laughs> Didn't realize you were a feet guy, but. Oh, <laughs> I'm glad, you went, I'm I glad you went there. Cause that's where I was going. <laughs> is, is, so you have like a painting foot fetish. <laughs> just, only, only when it's on war machines. Gosh. I can just see Gideon nice. sitting there judging him. These feet are fucking terrible. <laughs> I, I, I do that with mine. I, I don't do it with other people's, but I definitely do it with mine. Paint me like your dirty French back feet. <laughs> Gideon is the uh, El Bundy of Battletech. Oh, <laughs> Paint me like one of your French battle. Oh, I, I want to read this one. Uh, which prepackaged breakfast food will your next cockpit paint scheme be named after? I don't know. Wildberry goo pop tarts were, were that, that was that was pretty <laughs> classic. The magenta and kind of cyan color. Um, I've been doing green and red cockpits, and I I can't really think. And on the supernova, I've just finished this weekend. That it, it's it's green and fuchsia, um, and I can't think of a breakfast food that has those colors. So I don't know. Green. Maybe the red and green be apple jacks, but oh, there apple you go. Jacks orange, apple jacks are orange and green, so I haven't done yeah. orange and green yet. So, I mean, I, I think like you should just—I think you should go all out and just go for crunchberry, <laughs> like yellow, red, purple, and blue. Yeah, that might be if, too if, many. That might be too if, many colors. <laughs> but but I, I've heard you say if you can jewel in one color, you jewel can jewel in two. two. Right, so if you can jewel in two, 
Why not four? Six. What? <laughs> what? What? Battlemech has the like the most glass surface canopy wise. It's got to be what the Battlemaster. Battlemaster. Yeah. Old school Battlemaster. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw the whole damn pallet at it. I caught a little bit of crap from somebody about my supernova because it's so many different colors. <laughs> See, I'm I'm a fan of the dazzle paint schemes. So that fits right in there with like World War II style ship camouflage just for disruption. But in, in and I, I love it. Well, it, they were. Yeah. Exactly. They have black, brown, blue, green, purple. It didn't matter. Yeah. It's, it's awesome. So no, well, I'll, and, probably, and, I'll probably publish that on Facebook for this Camelspex page later this week now that it's done. Nice. Um, well, in the name of the mech is Supernova. It's not really like. I'm going to go hide in the corner over here. Like <laughs> I'm I am here. here. Behold, right, behold me. I can only fire half my weapons. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> but I'm going to do it so, anyway. Kevin, so uh, now that you're a CSO artist and we know that we got the new CSO site, um, how did they, how are they allowing you guys to load? Are you guys able to load your own photos and you can pick yeah. what you want to do for your, for your portfolio? We can, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's nice. I've gotten in trouble because so I, I uploaded the wrong file size or wrong size photos. And like, so what did you do? <laughs> the, the, the great coordinator of CSO, uh, he's been uploading my pictures for me. <laughs> the great coordinator. <laughs> Let me hold your hand. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is nice. that O Dog? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the, the last time we have like a, like last time I posted some stuff for some feedback, he's like, "Just send me the pictures. I'll post them up." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> I'm sorry I failed you so much. <laughs> so do you guys, do you guys have a lot of uh, back and forth? Uh, so once you make being a CSO artist, do you guys have? I know that you guys have your own Discord, and I, I know that you guys have probably your own forum as well. Do you do a lot of back and forth? even after making CSO and yeah, I mean, we, we try to make this. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. No, finish your question. I, I feel bad. I interrupted you. Um, I, I think you know where I was going with it. So, uh, just continuing with your, your advancement in painting, I questions, ideas on technique, and then to end it, when you upload a photo or when you have a mech that's ready or that you think is ready, does it have to pass any sort of, yeah, okay, that's good enough type of thing? Or is it you've you've got the badge so you can build that portfolio? you got to have tenure, don't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think there's just an unspoken rule. I mean, the, the getting into CSO process is it's harder, I think, intentionally than, like, once you're in. I mean, I think we post stuff for feedback on like our various avenues we have to do that and i'll usually post something and wait a week if i haven't heard anything then i'll just i'll post it where i want to post it um uh and that kind of thing so like but i like i always like to make sure i give like the team a chance um and like the group has been a lot more active and involved in the past like six to nine months i think um which is really exciting i think since the kickstarter stuff has come out like people are like getting more involved um uh, so like it's been nice to see some of the other guys like getting into stuff. Um, everybody's had life life stuff going on, so like, I'm not trying to fault anybody. It's just 
the group itself has kind of like woken up in the past like year and a half, uh, two year, and so it's it's been kind of fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's always stuff. I mean, I don't think I've posted anything that I haven't taken some feedback on. Because um, like like I've said before, nobody's actually ever done. Um, it's are you happy with it? Um, <laughs> you can always do more to a paint job. Well, that's that's interesting. Like even the CSO crowd is like the rest of us you know everything is just like ramped up there's this whole new just excitement for BattleTech, um and yeah it, it starts with the kickstarter and everything else and and that's that's awesome that i mean that discord channel's got to be like BattleTech paint mini porn doesn't it i mean we, we don't like there's a camo specs online discord but it's public um oh uh we have like a private forum um and stuff where we'll like uh, kind of post stuff up, but the CSO Discord is public, I think. Is there a lot of back and forth that goes in between uh, you guys as artists, or is it like, uh, here's what I've got, what do you think about it, or is, do, do, do people run into like roadblocks or you know, uh, you know, writers' blocks and painters' blocks? Like, do you guys throw around ideas to each other and see what you can come up with, or? Um, I mean, I know that, like, I do that kind of one-on-one with people, like Ryan and Dale. Um, like, that Kodiak, like, it, it honestly sucked, like, for the first, like, 90% of the time I was working on it. And Dale was just like, this is tabletop. This is tabletop. And, like, <laughs> like that this gets garbage. I mean, like, and, like, I'm not trying to hit on tabletop painting, but, like, I'm trying to paint a high-end mini. And Dale's like, this is tabletop. This is tabletop. And, <laughs> um, and like, he knows that gets my goat a little bit. And so, like... <laughs> Like, and I paint tabletop minis too. I don't just paint display stuff, but like, I wanted that Kodiak to be like my top tier, like one of my best minis ever. And I'm like, oh man, this looks so good. And he's like, no, it, it doesn't. And, <laughs> More but like, I mean, he, he pushed, he pushed me. Sure. And like, now it's one of like, one of the battle time minis I have that I'm like the most proud of. Like, that's good. It's, just, it's so like, yeah, I mean, I think some of the artists like individually go back and forth and like on the forums and stuff, I think we, engage a little bit and stuff there. Um, but I, I haven't had trouble like getting something posted, I guess. And like, if I had, if I needed help, I can always go ask the other guys for help. So I usually just go to people individually though. Well, after Dale listens to this episode, if he listens to this episode, he's just going to start coming back to you and going, thin your paints, bro. Dale's, Dale's my boo. He won't do that. He's my boo. <laughs> <laughs> so, honest, uh, personal question. So, if do you like that the Warhawk that you did with the oh, yeah. heat, yeah. heat effects better than your Kodiak? Gosh, dude, those heat effects were awesome. <laughs> That was, on the, that was on the Loki. That was the Loki. I, which, was, well, yeah, it, I, I, I did it first on the Warhawk, and then the Loki I did for Mario for Christmas. Um, I, I did it there too. That was but next I did it, level. I did it on the Warhawk first. I, it was one of those things where, like, I was looking at the Warhawk and like it looked really good from the front, but then you turned it because like the the Nova Cat I did in that scheme can't be canon because I spread the galaxy pattern out too far. <laughs> So I had to keep it on the center part of the mech, and I'm like, well, the rest of this is boring. And so I found these panels that kind of looked like, oh, this would be cool if it looked like it was hot or something, and that's where the idea came from. Drop it like it's hot. 
I love that Warhawk. I don't know, man. You're you guys are really putting me in a tough spot. I mean, Good. I think they're equal. I mean, they're they're just different. You must ch- you must pick your favorite child. That's, <laughs> that's what we're asking you to do. Which twin do you like the most? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't want to get like. I love my kids very much, and my twins. My twins had a pretty rough start to life, so like they're near and dear. Um, they were preemies and stuff, and they had kind of a real rough go. Um, you can take the Warhawk and the Thor. Very you can do Thanks. both. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was going for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hit us right in the feels. Oh. So does does anybody else remember how you got hot sauce for a call side? I do. Who remembers the story? I think it involved a shadow shadow cat. Oh, I was going to bring this up, too. <laughs> so, what was going on with this shadow cat, Kevin? Um, he, called himself, he called himself Hot Sauce. He, <laughs> he had his call sign when he came in. And when he said and, it was a shadow cat, I said... And what, and what happened paint, to the shadow cat? You should paint the goss rifle like a Tabasco, a, a Tabasco sauce. Yeah. And he said, nope, that's too much. <laughs> I disagree. I, I did paint a ta- Tabasco bottle on the Gauss rifle, though. Yes, yes I just, you did. I, I did. You did. I didn't paint the whole Gauss rifle like a Tabasco sauce bottle. <laughs> that's, now, just, that's just silly. But that Gauss rifle never hits anything, so I should have listened to you. <laughs> right, right. Especially if you're a All it does is get hot. That's the, all it does. <laughs> the one time, the one time I had capped the Mad Cat Mark II from behind, the one time, that's the only time it's ever hit anything, and the rest of it just never hits. <laughs> Well, so I, was, I should have painted the whole thing with a bottle. I was, so uh, right. I'm wrong. Well, you can still do that. <laughs> but I like, I like the paint job as is now. I like it. Sure. I was it watching your, I was watching your Renegade Art, Art, uh, HPG uh, interview and uh, so happy that you, uh, DFA. DFA. Oh, uh, yeah. There we go. I had, I had to put that mini in there. It's like, it's my shadow cat. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a damn sriracha rooster on the leg. It's awesome. Well, <laughs> and the other thing is, is that like your night wolf yeah no yeah. this this one moves no oh yeah <laughs> well my my move oh yeah that one moves around the battle yeah uh-huh, i get it uh but when we came we, when we came up with a regiment like color scheme like it was just like okay gray uh light gray and orange Blah. you know just we never really gave anybody any specifics. And then all of a sudden you painted that night wolf up and I saw your shadow cat and I was like, Oh, okay. <gasps> That's amazing. Well, to, be, to be fair. I think Andrew came up with the actual like pattern and just had me paint it. Dun, dun, dun. Um, so I have to give credit to you. Nobody to gives him credit for anything. He's not allowed to take credit on this show. No, that's fine. I'll second <laughs> that. No, I mean, it was, it was his idea for the color pattern. And it was awesome. It was awesome. Um, Nightwolf, not an awesome. Kevin has done some amazing work for the Wolfnet Regiment. It is. I, I feel bad though because I feel like that Nightwolf caught a lot of hate and like. Hey, to be know. honest, I wanted I wanted to actually address that because I I was gonna bring up you know that Nightwolf that you posted. There was a lot of bullshit that came up on that about it's too much of this or too much of that. All the haters. And, and Aaron and I actually, we went back and forth on a back channel. And I think when I got home, I got down there or he came up here. It was one or the other. And I actually got to hold the mini. So different. Yeah. It looks amazing in hand that 
when you paint my Marauder, <laughs> I want object source lighting on it. It's freaking awesome. So I I'm I want that on mine as well. I want the PPC effects on it too. I, I got a list. I got a laundry list for you. You set the bar. It the is. Bar, so yes. Yes. Exactly. It. It's a change. Money, money, money. It is. And I don't know if a lot of people have found this out, but it is very, very different when you see pictures of a mech and then you actually hold it in your hand. Huge it is. Difference. It's almost like it's two different things. Night and day. Well, and I also suck at taking pictures, so there's that problem. <laughs> oh, okay. So it is I, your I, fault. <laughs> I, I improved my photo setup over the past year, um, and they're getting better. But yeah, use a filter, bro. Um, <laughs> use a filter, bro. <laughs> what's your address? <laughs> but no, that that night wolf. Six- fuck, man, I. <laughs> And and we actually had to make up rules in the 350 based on my night wolf <laughs> because it's a it's a good solid inch higher than what it's supposed to be. <laughs> so it's a good thing that I don't move because I can't I can't get cover behind a level one hill. <laughs> you don't need cover. You don't need cover when you look awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, I think I can say that for almost all of the CSO stuff that I've ran across, um, the pictures, while they that makes the mech look awesome, it has it it's it pales in comparison when you actually get to hold the mini in your hand. So, um, right, again, I'll, I'll say thank you for doing his night wolf because I thought I, I, it was awesome. It turned out exactly the way I wanted it. So. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for, for giving me the opportunity. It was fun. That's that's my special pilot ability. Uh, I get a plus one partial cover because I look cool. <laughs> <laughs> you get a plus one for dazzle. <laughs> for dazzle. Oh my god! What is that? <laughs> Potential it, blindness. There we go. It, it's actually a minus one to hit. You, <laughs> it should be a minus one to hit you, just because you're you stand out of, above everybody. It's already a minus one to hit me. I don't move. Another minus when, one. Because I can't hit anything that. with the ATMs, so I have to stand still just to give myself a little bit more of a chance to hit something. Well, you're still learning how to use them yet, right? Oh, no, You don't have to worry. That. That night, He's already back in the Marauder. No, I kind of switch now. I, I What? Well, what? I, I... Oh, for God's what? sakes. You know, hey. Is, is, that, is that like Andrew switching mechs in between? If the, one crawl can book? have four different variants of a Marauder, I can go between a Marauder 2C and a Nightwolf. I think I can reserve that right. Crawls, crawls, crawls. <laughs> you, got, you got Kevin running the same shadow cat. And he can't... The entire time. I know. He can't hit anything with his gauze rifle, and he doesn't complain. I mean, much. <laughs> well, it's, it's his trademark now. Like he's he's now known for it. I know. Well, I'm known for my inaccuracy. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna look good, and his guy's rifle's gonna miss. There we go. Third, third bat's like, oh, Kevin's playing tonight. Ah, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I got, I got, I got, I got my one last uh, painting question: is uh, brush care in what is your what? your process of, of cleaning your brushes products that you use or, the, or that you like to have um because so I, like, I know that you've you've made comments about your your sable brush you have that one particular brush that 
you take care of like a katana. What what is your process for doing that? So, um, I mean, one, I'm always gentle with it. Like, I never stab my sable into something. Um, but uh, I have uh, those, like, tan tins or plastic cups of, like, Master's uh, brush cleaning soap. Um, probably a good five minutes with each brush. Um, I'll probably spend, yep, Gideon's got it right there. Um, I'll spin it. I'll get it wet and I'll spin it. And like, there are like grooves in my soap of like where I've like, you know, run brushes through and I'll kind of spin it through there and get a bunch of soap on the brush. Then I'll like massage from the barrel out to the tip. Um, this is sounding very erotic. I'll massage the bristles out and then, um, and then, you know, get clean water, um, clean that out and then repeat it. And I'll probably do that three or four times. <laughs> And then once all the soap's out, uh, it'll get it'll get a little uh, little saliva. And yeah, yeah. Fine. And then I, I put it I put it in my brush holder, and that's it. Man, so, it is dirty. I knew God, Kevin man. was a liquor. <laughs> I knew. Kevin. Dude, I can't. I can't help it, man. I, I, I lick my brushes. So. Only only the best painters are liquors, man. Yep, I agree. Gotta, so, gotta, I mean, so, so every, every. Kids don't try this at home, but Vallejo Glaze Medium is delicious. <laughs> <laughs> See, the best part is with every with every Kevin commission, there's a little bit of DNA of him <laughs> in that. Match. He's giving a little bit of himself. <laughs> no black lights. No, hey, Aaron, no black you lights. Have, <laughs> you, you might have to put this podcast into. Uh, <laughs> I might, I no, might have to cut that. I, I might have to cut that little section. And put some little. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to get you guys in trouble. Uh, you're not. We can't get <laughs> trouble. This is our podcast. <laughs> you, 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 you've, you've heard the show. This is like. That is like so G compared to where it usually ends up. It's good. It's I don't good. know. We've never. I mean, we can at least we can add paint erotica to our to our list of <laughs> the the make hype. Sure, is make true. sure that you make sure that you have paint erotica in the uh, <gasps> description of the show, Kevin. That could be your Wolfnet Radio painting show title: <laughs> Painting <Paint's> Erotica. <laughs> painting Erotica. <laughs> With Brushido. I'll be fully clothed. <laughs> I'll be fully clothed. Yeah, quotations. He's fully clothed. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing pants. <laughs> you, you, you can even talk about your foot, uh, the people's yeah! foot. Oh! There we go. Can't make this shit up. Can't make it up. Awesome. <laughs> oh, man. We couldn't have scripted that. Oh, um, we don't have a script. <laughs> so, uh, Kevin, so a couple of helpful things that I've heard you say over, I don't know where I've, you've said it multiple times, multiple places, but you've said, keep working it till it works. Kind of like you, when you were talking about the Kodiak, just keep working the paint scheme until it gets to where you're trying to get it. And the second one is mixing colors into your base color to get, so that way you get the same, like, the uh, connecting tone, but also getting contrast in kind of the same tone. Can you kind of explain that a little bit? Yeah, so um, 
the keep working until it works thing is like like if your blend if your blends aren't where you want them to be keep blending if uh, your darks aren't dark enough make them darker if your brights aren't bright enough make them brighter I mean it's just it's a keep doing there's 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 a technique called insisting and insisting is doing something like insisting on a color is repeating that color until it's more vibrant like you can take a highlight color and you can paint it once or you can paint that highlight color on the same same area like eight times and it's going to be more vibrant if you paint it eight times than it is one that's insisting that's that's leaning into the color that's pushing it like a lot of times like if you're highlighting you don't necessarily need a new color you just need to intensify the color you put on already and, and insist upon it and so like when i tell people like keep working at it till it works like that's what i mean is is lean into like your contrast lean into your colors lean into things and if it's not clicking yet like if you're not happy with it yet try something different or do something subtle that's going to kind of boost things a little bit but but keep pushing like honestly in the past five years i probably like really aggressively try to like improve my painting through like taking classes with like you know professionals and that kind of stuff and um, i haven't stripped a mini once in five years um like you should like <laughs> like if, if you're that unhappy with the miniature that you're going to strip it like i mean if it's something that's like the paint's too thick or whatever then i i i, I understand but like if it's just like you're not happy with the color scheme or whatever like I mean, just, just keep painting, just keep keep going. Cause like you're just adding work for yourself and then you're going to get more flustered because you just wasted, you know, five hours painting something. You're like, oh, I'm going to dip it in simple green and be done with it. And it's like, well, just, just keep trying, keep putting, keep pushing it. And I bet it'll click or put it down and do something else for a while and let your brain, like what I've done with the Wraith Knight, like I, I hate the damn thing and I can't work on it anymore. So I put it down and I'm not looking at it and I'm doing other stuff right now and then I'll pick it back up and I'll be able to look at it with fresh eyes. And so that kind of thing, the whole like, um, mixing colors into your base to get like variation. I mean, yellows don't have to be yellow. Um, I, I, or, uh, I mean, you can use color contrast in a way where you're like amplifying the color you're trying to paint. So like if I take yellow for an example, I've shaded yellow with magenta and I think it's awesome. I mean, it kind of creates an orangey color, but there's also enough purple in it that it looks a little purpley. And, um, you know, it, it's that kind of stuff. There's a concept, I mean, just because you pick colors on a color wheel to make a, a scheme, you can still use other colors in other places as kind of ways to kick things up a notch. Um, so, like, the Kodiak's a great example of, like, doing this. Like, I used... For the shading from above, I used blues and from the shading from below I use purples and the thing still kind of reads as white probably more like light gray or dark mid gray because I, I shaded it so much but there's blue and purple in there and those don't really belong in white and so um that like I've got a ghost regiment atlas I'm working on that I want it to look ghostly and so I've like snuck some green into the white and mm. some other stuff that doesn't belong there and I'm hoping it passes quality um with the other guys but like you know, I want it to look ghostly, and so I'm doing, you know, Scooby-Doo ghostly colors to to kind of amplify the effect. And so it still will look white. It'll still look like a white mech, but 
it'll still fit the the canon description, but like, how can I bend that rule a little bit to kind of create something interesting? That's kind of like you know, like an undead character in a video game or something like that. It's it's white, but it's got like a trail of green or something like that. Yeah, or like the ectoplasm or something like that. On the the Alpha Galaxy Novacat stuff I did, like it's it's a blue and white field of stars. Well, mine still look blue and white, but some of the stars have little coronas of pink and yellow and purple and like the whole thing still reads as blue but like if you look really close there's lots of other little colors hidden in there and it just amplifies the effect um and so that that kind of stuff it's i guess it's probably cheating um it i think it helps create interest and makes things cooler that's uh that's a great uh example of um breaking the rules in art and art composition with instead of like you said, uh, juxtaposition of this color should not be in that, but it is. Or multiple colors creating, you know, intertwining shades or hues with, say, yeah, I, I if you want to do, yeah. like, I that gonna, idea. Oh, I'm sorry. If you're going to like try and get multiple different colors of green, you know, you can you can have yellow and blue to mix green, but you can also have black and. Uh, and yellow to, to mix that green as well. There's multiple facets to that. I love the different avenues of approach on that. And you can really get the different feels, colors, like warm colds and mixtures, compositions. Fun to do that. And breaking the rules when you have like art composition, art layout, you know, you follow the rules of what it should look like, but then breaking like one or two of those rules to add uniqueness is fabulous. What adds your own flavor and style? And that's like that's an idea that I've I, or it's something I've been taught in some private coaching I do with Aaron uh, Lovejoy, who's a award winning painter. Um, but I do coaching just been once a month, and that's something I've really taken away from my lessons with him. So very so I, cool. I did come up with that idea. I don't want to take credit for it. It was taught to me. So, so. well, I mean, we all we all stand on the shoulders of giants, right? That's it's just a matter of being able to put it into play. Um, well, and, and, yeah, and I think kind of the working until it works, I, I think that it, a, lo- a lot of times it's just having patience with the process. Like for me, I, I find it doesn't even have to be because I, I am not a great painter, but I know that if I keep just coming back and trying a little more, I just am more happy with the result. And the, the difference is I just had a little more patience with myself with it. That's my um, problem. Be <laughs> I think there's I think there's a key distinction. Like if you're frustrated with something and you're you're beating your head to the wall, put it down and pick something else up and do that. Like if you're if you're to the point where you're like frustrated and not enjoying it, this is your hobby, it should be fun and you should never like be ticked off at your hobby. Um, so if there's a, something you're working on and it's just not clicking and no matter how far you like I mean, there's a point where you can't brute force something and can't make it happen and just put it down. Don't strip it, put it down, go do something else. And then come back to it with fresh eyes like a month later and like it'll work it'll click yeah but sometimes and, you have a 350 tournament the next day <laughs> why'd you wait that long uh, procrastination procrastination prior planning prevents <laughs> performance. five p's nice <laughs> yeah there's so, there's something else i heard through the grapevine going through like you know, art composition and things like that. Have you ever heard like the next brush stroke either makes or breaks the piece? Yep. 
where you've worked, you've built that history layers. You talked about working that, that layout and then, Oh, I'm going to switch gears and add one more stroke. And then it just fails because it's either too too broad or too, too bold. So knowing that, knowing that edge, exactly. That ties together too, where, and that's if that's kind of that where I'm at. Brush stroke, does it fail or does it succeed? That's where I'm at with my Wraith Knight project. Kind of is like <laughs> it's like it's 95% done, and like that 5% I have to be very selective about what I do. And yeah. Oh, is that's it, a horrible feeling. Is it You're just me? On the straight razor's edge. Is it yeah. just me or did Barons like take a JUCO freaking art? class something he's talking composition <laughs> I'm, I'm impressed major. yeah i'm he's, impressed he's got a degree in this stuff man oh really <laughs> i've got i've got stretched frames down here that have been sitting around for what? decades yeah i am it's like i've never met you before paint you ceramics large scale welding um sculpture yeah you name it Drawing, you, sketching, paint, print. Well, he so never invites me over, you know. You should do a commission of coach, uh, Colonel Aaron Crawl, <laughs> and you can do whatever you want in that painting. It'll just be of him. It'll just be me, just I, me I laying probably, on my bandit. <laughs> I would probably do like a Francis Bacon slash Jackson Pollock uh, <laughs> impressionistic abstract art. Is that before yep. or after the Jade Falcon uh, aerospace pilot wipes well, me out? There would be some kind of big bird on the on there, I'm sure. <laughs> Paint him like you were uh, singing in the back seat. Commission okay. my commission my after uh, <laughs> after the bombing of the the uh, airfield uh, and just put me out of my misery. <laughs> well, I've got a, I've got, I could do double that. Dam. I got a, I got a the double dam. Oh, we could deployment we, paintings. We could call it double dam. Yeah. So, uh, Kevin, um, other than CSO, because CSO's got great uh, videos on YouTube um, and some like uh, written out tutorials and stuff on the website. Is there anywhere else that you'd recommend people look? while they're waiting for Brushido videos to come out. Hmm. Do, do you see so, how I kind of like edged you right into that? Like you're already committed. Do you, do you give one of those like middle of the night boo calls? What's that? Do you give one of those middle of the night boo calls? Me? Like, hey, are you doing a video? No. <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> no. Um, so there's some really great sources on YouTube. Uh, like when I first learned airbrushing, I was watching Schnauzer Face Minis videos. Um, Schnauzer. And Schnauzer Face Minis. Um, I don't think he's making videos anymore. I think he's had some health stuff come up or something, but he's got, a, he paints a lot of private request stuff. Um, but those were good videos that I kind of learned a lot of basic airbrushing stuff with. Um, and it's fun to, he, it, his, they were fun to watch um, him kind of do stuff. And that guy would shoot anything through his airbrush, like, you know, mineral spirits, all kinds of stuff. So, <laughs> gasoline. In, I, I didn't see him do that, but that was interesting. Uh, Vincent Venturella has a great um, hobby cheating uh, series on YouTube that's got a lot of great um, things in it. He's another award winning kind of competitive painter in the US. Uh, uh, Miniature Monthly uh, is a Patreon where you can like get on their Discord and they offer 
Um, there's a lot of resources they have available, uh, like PDFs and videos on painting, um, and then they'll offer classes from here to there, and those are also very good. Um, so yeah, it, the hangout for me is just time to edit. Um, if I'm going to take time to edit video and stuff, because I only have a very fixed amount of time, we all do, but I mean, with my kids and my job, and my very lovely, very understanding, very appreciative, and very um, patient wife. Um, the ill like, wife. Our, the ill wife. Um, and I, I came up with that phrase. Yes, you did. You coined it. He did. I want everyone to know. Um, but I mean, my wife Lauren's amazing. Um, but like, I only have a fixed amount of time. So if I'm going to edit video um, and put video together, then I'm going to have to paint less minis um, because I only have a certain amount of hobby time during the week. And I do need to be on my A game at work and not sleep deprived all the time. So, um, you know, there's certain things I, I have to sacrifice. And so, you know, I, I toyed with like making a Patreon to kind of like justify that, like loss of being able to pay money. So I'll just get money. But then I, I felt like it'd be selling out. And like, then I felt obligated, like, okay, I have to get a video out every month. And <laughs> I listened to like Miniac, uh, because Miniac has a Patreon and he has a, uh, um, he does, he, do, he does YouTube videos, and he also has a podcast, and he's talked about, like, how he feels obligated to get content out, and that gets losing some of the luster is what I kind of inferred from his, his podcast on it. And so I was like, well, maybe I don't want to do this. And, like, maybe I'll just do videos for fun. Because, um, like, if you're, I mean, if you're investing in a Patreon, like, people expect stuff. They expect something from that. And, like, my job is very hectic, and, like, you know, my, my office hours, my office hours, but I always work, you know, an initial three or four on top of that. And it, I, I can't, I can't commit to like that level of stuff. Uh, otherwise I'd have garbage. I mean, I could, I'd just be garbage videos that, you know, so I need to, I, there's some equipment I still need to get, um, to get that off the ground. Um, I'm just waiting for, uh, you know, some allowance stuff for there and then just time. So the trick with Patreon is, you be up front with everyone. You're like, don't expect anything. Like you guys are helping us out. Oh yeah, like the way you guys did it. Like I'm not, I'm not. And, and do and be stuff. super low, like super dollar amount. <laughs> I mean, like I thought about get, doing a Patreon primarily to like fund getting the equipment I need to do videos and be like, okay, like you guys are investing in this so that I can produce video content and you'll get really. And I thought about that whole idea and I was like, but you know, like then. Well, like, let me let me pro, so. let me pro, let me feel some some avenues out here. Um, are you allowed to do your own stuff in BattleTech, like as a Patreon or doing your own painting show, or is there like a CSO kind of a? Eh, you kind of double dipping here, bro. I mean, I don't think like because Ryan kind of runs the the YouTube channel, and I think he wants like. Like I think, cause I think Dave Fangio is going to do videos for the YouTube channel, um, and I think Ryan wants me to do some, and I might do some videos like for the YouTube channel, but I can also do painting videos outside of it. And okay. I can paint. So I don't think I'm I'm married to just painting for the YouTube channel. Because we um, toyed, we toyed with an idea, you know, already. I think, if I, I think if I don't do videos, if I do videos and I don't do videos for the YouTube channel, I'm going to have a very angry B1B flyer. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> You're probably not wrong. <laughs> I, do, I do probably owe it to the group, owe it to Ryan. I mean, Ryan's carried, I mean, the whole YouTube thing on his shoulders, and that's a lot of work. So yeah, he has. 
I need to help them out. But I, I think I can produce content outside of it too. So. Okay. Well, you know, like I said, we're just just asking questions. I mean, we you could always just make everybody call you Sensei Bushido then. That's true. Just saying. You're the teacher. <laughs> One more title. <laughs> One more. I mean, it's a cool name, but like, I'd rather be called, I don't know, I don't want to be like at a convention, but oh, hey, Bushido, like, he's cool, Kevin. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, see, the cool it's thing at conventions is, is like, when someone says Bushido, you're like, okay, yeah, yeah. And then someone calls you hot sauce, then you're like, oh, I know that I person. Know. <laughs> 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 What's like, it's like when I run into like, my patients and stuff in the real world, like, oh, hey, Dr. Witt, and I'm like, just just call me Kevin. It's like, we're in the real world right now, and like, <laughs> I don't want everybody in the store knowing I'm a doctor. <laughs> <laughs> so, because it's not about the title, and like, I mean, it's 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 a it's a stupid call sign, like, it's for fun. Um, Aren't they all? All right, let's, let's act nay the painting talk. I think we've gotten all of out, out of them we can. I could talk about it for hours. I know you can, but... <laughs> well, we appreciate the abuse you've taken at our at our hands. I've been looking forward to this for two years, man. Right? I know. You know, we're, we're trying to... It, we've had discussions of whether this is going to be one of those three, four-hour episodes. <laughs> but uh, unless you have, like, other stuff, and maybe I'm rushing the rushing the deal here... Um, I'm for once looking at the show notes. <laughs> well, moving along, we got news in the community. <laughs> Looks like the uh, second wave for seeing well into the month of June. Oh, wait, deliveries. sorry, Matt, I got to cut you off. What kind of, what kind of, no, this is relevant. Yep. This is relevant. In the 37th time. <laughs> this is, this is, always. this is some fun, uh, 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 social trickery here. What kind of glue do you use, Kevin? <laughs> the glue I use is Gorilla Super Glue. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just nice. a little product note. Please do not use that as KY jelly, hairspray, or anything else. <laughs> Actually, I like the gel. I use the Super Glue gel from Gorilla. <laughs> Please read all health oh, warnings and instructions properly. Did you yeah. see how much that woman got on GoFundMe? She got like eighteen thousand uh, dollars. To help pay for the medical bill, that's good. Oh, do not use hope. glue other than gluing things together, people. Please. I know a guy <laughs> assembling minis without clothes on. It was not oh, story time. Who it was like he was assembling some Warhammer Fantasy stuff, and he got a bunch of Zappa Gap on a metal piece and dropped it. Onto part of himself. <laughs> oh no! You don't oh, want to go. No. <laughs> to the and hospital I, I, I go. I, I wish I could have been the ER doctor to see that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a miniature guy. I know what you're going through. Doctor's hey, like, you know what? That actually, this actually segues into a really good thing that I found here the other while we were getting ready for the podcast. It has a Wargamer's scorecard. We'll go around the horn here. So you're scoring points by if you've done this. You get two points if you've cut yourself with your knife. I, I've done that. Spill your wash. Mm. Done that. Keep your score. 
got two. Do you get two one. points for each of these, or two points? Or... Nope. So for cutting yourself with your knife, you get two points. Okay, so I got two. If you if you spill your wash, that's one point. Mm -hmm. Cleaning your brush in your drink is one point. Can you get one point per time you've done it? Nope. Oh. Just a single time. This is just if you've done it. Boo. Drink your paint water. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Super gluing body parts together. See how see how this all put together. Um, dropping yours or another person's mini. Two points. Ten if it's a titan. Aaron, and you get ten ten points for dropping that Marauder. That That's was me. Andrew. That was me. That was us, oh, right, Andrew? That was the size of a titan. So that counts as ten. And then the the last one here is clipping part of the model you thought was a sprue. That's two points. <laughs> I got six. Two, four, seven, eight, nine, ten. I got twelve. I don't think I've ever spilled my wash. Ten. <laughs> I got twenty-two. Are you counting the 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 drop marauder? You said I you said I had to. It's true because it was probably the low point in your entire life. <laughs> you know what I dropped? Here's the problem: is I dropped that. I ended up dropping that thing three times. You dropped it uh, three make, times. Make it thirty points then. <laughs> Why are you get in? All right, oh, sorry. I, I scored a whopping seven. Ooh, oh seven. boo! Thomas? Kevin, yep. Kevin, the 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 gluing something to his. Thing Remember, just kind of led right into this, so I, I, it yeah, was a I, good segue. I only glued my thumb to my finger. Like that wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> See, the the cleaning skin grafts on Brushito. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know anybody else who drinks while they paint, but uh, cleaning your brush and your drink, and then drinking your drink. I mean, that's almost like you, you dip your brush in your drink. You're like, no, and you're like, ah, it can't be that bad, right? So <laughs> I knowingly took the drink, so I don't know if I can count that one or not. I now think yeah, that the Rashido cocktail is going to have to have glazed medium in it. Oh, drinking your oh, paint water. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I've oh, done that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if and it was glazed medium, then then you're just enhancing the flavor, is all according yeah, to Kevin. Glazed medium is delicious. <laughs> I like a it's, still, it's delicious. Seagram's cloudy with a touch of acrylic paint, please. <laughs> I think if I only painting, came up with three. Jeez. It, well, if the painting show doesn't work out, we can always do a cooking show. It's <laughs> true. Cooking with the two, though. Be like, be like Amara Lagasse and be like, all right, never mind, please, media, bam. <laughs> bam! Bam! Just be like oh, that guy who's. You be that like that me or that gif where the guy sprinkles salt on it. And you're just you just got a bottle of glazed medium. You're like <laughs> <laughs> salt bay, yeah. Not, you're, the glaze, you're the glaze bay. <laughs> so not only is this a cooking show. And an erotic podcast. It's food and erotica. I mean, they go together too. See, yeah. this all this is all that's, comes together. George Costanza is the master at that. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. And a little TMZ in there too, you know. Oh nope. my, Baron's what I, I got six points. I, I've cut myself. I've glued myself, and I've clipped portions of a model off that I wasn't supposed to. That's the one that pisses me off the most. 
And you're like, there's no way this is part of the model. And then you look at the picture, you're like, son of a bitch. Well, I guess it's a snub-nosed PPC now. (laughs) (laughs) Modify. Modify. I always end up going with, well, this model doesn't have jump jets anymore. (laughs) Well, and now all these Jade Falcon mechs have these articulated wings and everything (laughs) that look really similar to the sprue that's on there. No, my, mine was uh, a raptor. Um, if if you've seen the Iron Wind Mini, it's got little tabs on the bottom of its feet that fit into a little plate that fits onto the base. Yep. So I clipped those off, thinking I didn't need them. <laughs> so I you mean, got two, you got a, you got a two-toed raptor, is what you're saying? No, <laughs> no, I'm saying I had to go on the Iron wind website and they had some salvage legs so <laughs> i totally lucked out <laughs> oh, lucky. you know that wasn't the first time for them to have salvage <laughs> legs <laughs> they just keep a stack of those in the back they know people are clipping <laughs> off the feet yeah. all right seems like we've come to our time in the show where we can go ahead and uh, take a commercial break brought to you by this month's Wolfnet Radio podcast is proudly supported by Aries Games and Miniatures. AriesGamesAndMinis.com On this episode of Wolfnet History Briefs, humankind, once again on the path to destruction, takes a giant leap forward. Hello Wolfnet, and welcome to this installment of Wolfnet History Briefs, where we look at what happened this month in the Battletech timeline. I'm Gideon. Here we go. Today we go to ancient history and the birthplace of mankind. February 2108, the name Bash is struck into the annals of history alongside names such as Gagarin and Armstrong. Alone, staring into the cold black distances of space, kept in his seat by the force of his position holding thruster. It was here, in a cockpit that was little more than an environmental pod, Raymond Bash prepared for jump. While we are all familiar with the long, narrow form of a modern jump ship, what Bash piloted could hardly be called a jump ship at all. At 200 meters long and with a diameter of 10 meters, it was the epitome of a prototype vehicle. Much like earlier attempts at jet and rocket propulsion, it was essentially only an engine with a man strapped to the front. The mission was straightforward. Bash would travel the 2 billion kilometers from a point above Sol to a point directly below it, in the blink of an eye. The number of resources which had been invested in this project was staggering. The GDP of entire nations were earmarked for the Deimos project. Even though it governed around 80% of Terra's population at the time, the Terran Alliance could not push around that much money without it becoming a source of contention. The poorer member states of the Alliance carried an unequal portion of the burden for funding Alliance initiatives, and had less of a say in where the funds were allocated. Even in this age of fusion energy and exploration of the inner solar system, these nations had very real, earthly needs, and they felt they were being overlooked, all in the pursuit of the esoteric ambitions of the wealthy nations in space travel. Riots broke out, nations began to secede from the Alliance when their objections were not heard. In short, humanity was getting ready to jump back on the expressway toward large-scale armed conflict. 
Six months earlier, the first practical test of faster-than-light travel had been a success, but this did little to ease tensions. In fact, in some ways it increased the pressure. Ambassadors contacted the heads of the Deimos project, encouraging them to skip development and testing stages and proceed directly to attempting to leave the Sol system. Every moment that passed without demonstrable net benefit meant further dissension in the Alliance. All of this faded away as the countdown clock neared zero. There had been significant testing which showed, as much as instruments could indicate, that the voyage should have been safe. But that's the thing with cutting-edge technologies. Tools can inform you of a great many things, but until a human experiences it, it all remains hypothetical. What would he perceive as the ship blinked out of existence only to reemerge a split second later? All the atoms that made up Raymond Bash may rematerialize, but would the essence of the man make the trek unscathed? These were the questions needing answers as the world stood in silence as billions watched on live feeds as the countdown hit zero. Bash activated the ship's Kearney Fuchida drive and blinked out of our reality. Ironically, those watching on Terra had a non-stop flow of information as the feed from the Nadir point reached Terra moments after the feed from the Zenith point ended. But the scientists and engineers who made the project a reality at the Zenith point had to wait an agonizing 15 minutes to receive the news that Raymond Bash had successfully become the first human to travel faster than light. He experienced no ill effects other than the nausea and vertigo, which has been a hallmark of travel by jump ship ever since. The progress promised by this display of bravery was made good on only 22 months later when Michelle Land, a Canadian engineer and crew member of the TAS Pathfinder, set foot on the planet of New Earth. Humanity had escaped the bonds of living in a single solar system and became an interstellar species. For better or worse, this did not change humanity at its core. It would be only a matter of time before the destructive parts of the human condition began to spread throughout the stars as well. But that will have to wait for another history brief. This is Gideon signing off and remember, those who fail to learn from history are doomed. Hey, those are great messages from our lore master extraordinaire, Charles Gideon Dirks. Thank you very much. <laughs> thank you. And thank you, Aries Games and Miniatures, for supporting me. Dun, dun, dun. For supporting all of us. Dot com. <laughs> and moving along, since I get rudely interrupted last time, let's see if we can get through it this time. <laughs> News from the community, second wave foreseen well into the month of June deliveries due to COVID-related production. Or because China over-promised and under-delivered. Boy, which, Tal you know. Talon was pissed. I thought that was Randall that wrote that email. Oh, was that it Randall? Was Lauren. That, that was Lauren. Oh, oh brought the big guns out. Why? Well, well, I just imagine they all probably felt that same way. Yeah. It don't matter who it was, it's all the same. Yeah, so, no, that sucked. But you that know, was kind of expected. But they was anybody really that. expecting it by Chinese New Year's? No. no. I mean, <laughs> not one bit. <laughs> I, was like, I was not surprised. So, no, I, I, well, I just feel like feel for the catalyst guys because it was a they keep 
they keep passing along to us. Oh, things are looking good. Things are looking good. And then they have to come around and go. So remember all of those things that were looking good. They're <laughs> not good anymore. Like what a crappy place spot to be in. Feel you know for what? those guys. I did appreciate though, like the amount of vitriol that he put in that whole thing where he's like, I am fucking pissed. I was like, yeah, all right. The guy at the top is like, I don't know. I like to see a little bit of emotion from the game creator and the, and the, you know, the, the name behind the game being mad because they promised us and then they couldn't come, you know, obviously it's nothing, not their fault, but I, I, I liked that. I liked the little. Yeah. Some emotion is better than no emotion. Yeah. I thought it was good. Makes it feel like he's concerned. That's good. Should be. Well, it, and they, the, if I feel like they're involved, you know, half of my BattleTech career of twenty-five plus years, it's like, nah, I'm kind of here, I'm kind of there. You know, FASA was like in and out, and then it was Whiz Kids, and then it was, you know, even Catalyst. It was like, you know, all Shadow Run, all Shadow Run, and then we're like, where the fuck are the BattleTech guys? We want BattleTech, and I don't know. It just feels good to that they're. They got our backs. Leading the charge? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That's the word. So June-ish. Yay, go June-ish. Ish. 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 And I think for the record, you have to say trademark every time you say that, Burn. (laughs) Anytime you say you're welcome, you have to say trademark. Thank you, Blaine Pardo. Right. You're welcome. (laughs) Trademark. No, so... um, I'm kind of jumping all over Burns's toes here, but the AMA just came out. That was uh, <laughs> that was just, just a couple of days ago. What did you guys uh, pick up from the AMA? Hats are okay. <laughs> Hats. Volleyball. <laughs> Volleyball tournament. Um, I thought this AMA went better than the last AMA. Yes. With they were much more on topic and receptive and open minded. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> they weren't discussing individual screw up orders on Kickstarter. So, um, no, I I thought this was a very good AMA. Uh, a lot of good questions answered. <laughs> I, I found it funny how they're like, we don't want to spoil anything, and I'm like, if you haven't read the book already and you're watching the AMA about Hour the Wolf, <laughs> then what are you doing here? <laughs> they, they, I remember a comment being, I think, I think Helfer says like, well, we don't want to go into spoilers, but I'm like, it's the Hour of the Wolf. Ask me anything. <laughs> I just thought that was funny, and apparently, um, uh, yes, hats are a thing. I, I loved the answer they gave. The uh, the official answer, <laughs> and then the unofficial answer is apparently Lauren needs to suck at poker in order for cats to be a thing. <laughs> I can I can make that happen pretty easy. <clears throat> um, Shimmer was a good was a good uh, topic. Uh, it was a good poke, but no real yeah, no real and just on getting it out of them. But you know, it's, it's far- I'm glad I'm glad they're keeping it close to hat 
or close to chest because it's, it's going to be a, an exciting reveal when it does happen. I think, don't quote me on this, but I think it was someone in the WolfNet Facebook page that pinpointed who Shimmer was. And Blaine wasn't going to reveal it because he didn't want to, but someone did get it right. And it's pretty cool that only one. Yeah, he said not, uh, he's not multiples. He's been paying attention, and only one person has gotten it. So, that's cool. Um, and I, I think Brent said he was also going to have a write up on all the guesses, and uh, that that should be a neat document too, or or explanation on, you know, who thought what and why it would be so and so. Yeah. Kevin, yes. What was your take on Hour of the Wolf? It was fun. I mean, it, it takes a lot for me to like not paint on a day off because um, I I basically read it nonstop on my iPad until uh, my wife said put it down, <laughs> <laughs> like the rest uh, of us. And uh, and then the next day finished it, and I, it was a fun read. I mean, there's things that like I was like, why they do that? Um, but I mean, I'm not the writer. Um, I had fun reading it. Was it perfect? No, I think, you know, but it was a fun book. It was a lot of fun to read. I enjoyed it. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to see what happens next. Um, yeah, because you were rooting for the wolves, right? Of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Ilkhan. Ilkhan, baby. But, um, I mean, there's, there, there's some cool stuff that happened, and it was fun. And, like, like I, I want to paint, like, Kaladessa Kerensky and, and her, her people. I think that was a cool unit, and is kind of a neat thing like fratricide and oh. Yagatai pilot and you gotta paint fratricide yeah you you yeah you paint a fratricide you're gonna be the most popular guy <laughs> on every facebook forum Look it. out there i started i started one and now i'm not gonna finish it because i know you're gonna paint it because <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna want to buy it how many vehicles do i actually paint <laughs> seven <laughs> um but i mean it, it was it was a fun book it was it's nice to see the dark age over. It'll be neat to see what happens next. Um, what was your I, favorite? I, I what were some of the, jump. what were um, some of the favorite scenes you, you thought of? I really liked the whole, like the wolves, like getting burnt, uh, in the woods thing. And then the, the one guy saying, screw it. And just kind of like, if I die, I die. And just storming through and then taking out the Falcon artillery. That was cool. Um, I thought the, when the quick reaction copter finally showed up, our quick reaction cluster finally showed up and like did what they did their thing against the tripods. That was cool. Um, almost all the fratricide battle scenes were fun to read. Um, the space, like it was nice to see some aerospace combat described because yes. like you don't get a lot of that in, in BattleTech books. I mean, there really wasn't a part of the book I didn't enjoy. It was just, it Good. was fun. It, it clicked. I mean, some of the, like the stuff that happened in Merrick space or in Larry space is like, well, like I don't get it. <laughs> it was, yeah. I was like, it, like you, like there's so much adrenaline going, and it's like, oh, the Merricks aren't going to do anything, and oh, the Lyrians aren't going to do anything. <laughs> so, so it's like battle, 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 and you get there and eh, peter out. I mean, it was in like I think when Blade was talking about it here, it's like it actually felt a little bit like a, a grind that first part, and like like oh god, I need to get a cup of coffee, just finish this battle scene, and it it was fun. I felt like those scenes were like the intermission. 
<laughs> it was just like, and now for something completely different. <laughs> Go right. take a potty break. Catch your breath. Yeah. Wait for you to catch your breath. Yeah. 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 Catch your breath. Recollect. I'm sad I didn't make it into the book. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, anyway, um, one thing I wanted to touch on about the AMA before we jump off to the next subject is Wolves in Exile confirmed still exist. I'm so excited. Yeah, but they're Ill Clan now. No, no, they're not. Uh, what? They're not. I asked. I, I said, "Is Wolf in Exile? Are they dead? Is it a dead unit?" And Brent said, "No." Yeah, but they still exist, and it's more interesting. But they got folded into Wolf Clan. Uh, then they wouldn't be Wolf in Exile. In order to be Exile, they got to be different. Is is your? Uh, I see in the background. Did your uh, did your Wolfhound? Just fall down. Your, uh, your oh. wolf hound. Oh, yep, yep. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> letting, your Cal Cal letting, you, Cal, My... letting your cow hounds patch fall down. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> it's on the floor now. You gotta step on it. You made it worse. <laughs> made it worse. <laughs> Wait, oh, are you? Wolf hound. Hey, oh, there's, a, wolf there's a new wolf hound. I mean, you guys, <gasps> you guys can't see through the radio waves, but that looked amazing. Um, Can we tell them? What else so are you seen? saying the Kelhounds aren't dead or the wolves in exile aren't dead? The wolves in exile aren't dead. The Kelhounds weren't ever dead. They're just disappeared. But just um, the, the wolves in exile, like th that was my assumption was they showed up. They fought with the wolves. They were done. They were now going to be the ex exiles. And and that really kind of, I'm, I'm going to be honest, that really kind of miffed me because. Because uh, <laughs> I'm pretty I mean, sure honest, in the book. It says we're like they were glad to be back with their brethren or something like that. When they're, a... yep, I don't know. They don't really, they don't really explain the whole Freaking thing. So... Brent smoking that weed again. God, dang oh it, man! Brent. But he gave me so much hope. They're, they're, <laughs> the, they are the in my mind, and I could argue this with a whole lot of people. I'm sure, but <laughs> in my mind, the exiles are the last warden clan. So. I, I just it it really miffed me that if this is the end of them and they just like go out with a whimper like they just disappear into the night like oh man that miffed me so bad but hmm. well you gotta uh, remember remember the two call signs right so the the call signs were almagation and reunion hmm so almagation was Anastasia Kerensky's mission and reunion was the dragoons right. Almagation definition is the action process or result of combining or uniting. So it'll be interesting in if 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 Brent has said that they're still their own unit, there's some interesting fiction that's gonna come out of of Hour of the Wolf that makes that happen, which right. will be exciting. Well there's still yeah. there's still a contingent of steel wolves kicking around. Like that's yes. true. I mean, yep. like their steel steel wolves are either wolves or wolves in exile, and like after Anastasia did her thing and like made the wolf hunters, like there's still a group of wolf, uh, steel wolves out there somewhere that are mercs now. Uh, and let's let's not forget Anastasia's ambitions either. I mean, she, in a certain respect, came to heal for a period of time, but now that things are that that plan has been executed and finished what do you think she's gonna do next 
It's she'll be general of the armies, man. I mean, she'll be. Yeah, she is general of armies. She is going to rally the wolves in exile and head back to Ark Royal <laughs> and take over all the Jade Falcon planets. This is what's going to happen. All, I'm the, gar- all the garrisons. Oh, you're starting to sound Suppose. like a wolf's dragoons, there, Gideon. <laughs> oh no, no, and 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 honestly, whoever's listening. Join me on the Discord. I will argue with you about the last, <laughs> last warding plan. So I'm blue in the face. But um so you're I, what? blue in the face? Because like the, the homeworld clans. The, the homeworld clans aren't aren't warden or crusader anymore. They're they're different factions now. Right. See exactly. That's my that's my th- and, and and the The like Ghost Warriors are inner sphere state and um, the Snowy Visitor inner sphere state and the Glycer Visitor inner sphere state. So like you're right. I mean, I, right, they, I, fully, I fully endorse your. your oh, thank you. Oh, oh man, I'm already feeling good about this. Yeah, but um, there are there <laughs> are, are no wolves in exile anymore. <laughs> They're just wolves. No, no, <laughs> never, never. Well, and 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 to like because when Kevin was talking about like Ulrich being like you know he he was the wolf you know the the wolf con just always a step ahead always plotting always you know not on the battlefield off the battlefield he was just a very strong leader and to me the wolves in exile are like his legacy so if they just like disappeared into the night it, it's like the end of an era and i was so so scared that it was just going to like and yeah it's over now and there was no fanfare no no last stand keep in mind all oh, Kerensky ascended to ilkhan of the can ilkhan of the clans piloting at gargoyle prime you don't get any more hardcore than that. <laughs> now, also remember, though, too, you, you take a look at what they've done with the whole series up to Hour of the Wolf. They they have brought back a lot of factions that were destroyed during the Jihad because fans, I mean, like, like they said during the AMA, I mean, factions are a brand, right? And, and people latch on to and are for a brand. So in a sense, it makes sense that Clan Wolf and Exile will stick around because there are there are big supporters of Clan Wolf and Exile. Um, it's just, I think the fiction I, all the way around that's going to come out of Hour of the Wolf is going to be phenomenal. There's just so many plot lines and twists, turns, and it should be exciting. I'm on my second read, and now that I'm reading it a second time, it, you know, a lot of more of the things are sinking in and you're kind of, you're able to draw things that happened and things that happened later. Things make more sense. And it's, I, I, I'm looking forward to it. Have you seen any more Easter eggs? No, I'm on um, my second read right now. No, I, I haven't either. I can tell you the Waco Rangers aren't coming back. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, no. The, to, to finish up the AMA, I thought it was 100% better than the first one. Um, they had the, I think the next... They had a great group. I mean, that group that they had on there, nothing against Lauren, nothing against Talon or, or whatever, but um, other than the strange... Um, background change, <laughs> which was hilarious because Brent's just like change it back. <laughs> uh, um, I thought it was pretty good. 
And the next one, I believe, is March 20th. Raj. Yep. Yep. And it, I think they said something about it's going to be focused on writing. Oh, so if really? for anybody who I guess is like looking to get into shrapnel or wanting to submit stuff, go check it out. I know I'm going to. Oh, try it. Well, I, was, I, I work that day. So speaking of somebody who's getting into writing and shrapnel, do we uh, have an update? No, no sir. No, oh, got nothing. Boo. We will continue to cross our fingers and hope. All right. Well, keep plugging away. All right, moving right along. Uh, battle reports. We just had a GarageCon 2.0. GarageCon! And speaking of the uh, hosts, it was hosted by yours truly, uh, Gideon and Mario. <laughs> and Drew. <laughs> Drew yep, was around for a little bit. Big Balls is on there, too. Oh, there, BB, yeah. Yeah, BB was on, um, but then so he, he had, had to go... He, like, I was a little like, come on, man, you were only here for like half an hour... And then later he was like showing pictures of him teaching his like his little tiny daughter how to paint miniatures. And I'm like, <laughs> mm, okay, all right, you killed me with cuteness. I can't be mad anymore. So how was the trifecta while we were battling? Oh, it was, it, I tell you what, it was good while there were people there. <laughs> then, and then they left me by myself. <laughs> and then I just kind of went, eh. so there's stuff happening. I got nothing to talk to. See what I told you? You need a color guy. You need a oh, color man, guy. Yeah. When it, when then, like, because there were adjustments to the volume. So then it went from I could kind of hear the table talk to it was loud. So then, like, <laughs> I, kept, like I kept getting inter interrupted by people who weren't talking to me. <laughs> so then I just like I, I just lost. I couldn't couldn't yeah. focus anymore. It was a but little. It was. It was, was a lot of fun to watch. It was, was a, some good games. Technical difficulties on our end, but we got it figured out. Next time we do this, uh, it'll be more smooth running than it was this time. But um, yeah, we had uh, we had a ten person three fifty format tournament in Orange City, Iowa, of all places. Whoop whoop. Um, I think it was a resounding success. Um, absolutely. We had, uh, we had some fun, uh, when people showed up early the night before and went out for, uh, supper and drinks and then, uh, get ready for the next day. Yeah. And, um, we had a lot of and this, and I want to highlight on this, uh, Tommy's son, Showed up, had played how many games, Tommy? Uh, he played one beginner box classic before and, this. And stuck out all four rounds. Seven hours. Seven hours. I was, I was impressed. And had the time of his life, as far as I could tell. Hey, we were at, so we went to go eat afterwards. While we were sitting at the table, he looked at Wyatt and said, can we go back and play some more? So <laughs> that was, I was, Jesus, that kid's on fire right now. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's getting Mex for his birthday. So. Oh, perfect. <laughs> Is his birthday after June? No. Oh. He's so getting no Mex for him. He's getting <laughs> Mex that I want right now. 
that's like a dad. That's like moms and daughters uh, finally becoming the same shoe size. (laughs) They're like, oh. By the way, my daughter surpassed my wife on shoe size. Oh, no way. (laughs) And she's only 11, going to turn 12 in March. Oh, boy. Well, there's a future happy birthday. Oh, Derek got a Kraken. Oh. Wow. Turkina, a Karu, a Flamberg, and all I got was some more iron holds and some scenery. Pulling out the big dogs real early, huh? Who needs speed Jeez. for armor? I just got armor. Right. <laughs> for days. So, well, to, uh, it, it sounded like you guys learned some things or ironed some things out with the 350. I, I mean, I wasn't there for the after party talk. So, what? Like, what would you guys all hammer out? Um, one of our biggest things was uh, we were testing out the rule that we we kind of uh, halfway put in place. And, and it was our fault, probably my fault, that I didn't let everyone know what this rule was. And so the rule is basically what we've been discussing is, is time. Time is kind of a, a tough one. And so we've come up with a rule. It's called the no op protocol or the tabling protocol, as Andrew (laughs) likes to call it. Thank you. Where if you destroy everyone, if if you destroy your opponent's force, uh, that's, it's kind of left up in the air. Can you, can you just continually go and time is not a thing and I can keep getting objectives as much as I want. Or should there be a limit? And we decided that it's not fair or it's not in the the aspect of the game to just say like, well, there's 30 seconds left in a round. Uh, If the round is determined on how many times or, you know, how often I roll initiative and how fast I can move, then I can get infinite number of objectives to complete the whole thing. So what we came up with is no no op protocol is basically if you destroy everyone that you're facing you get one additional objective and that's it well this came into a problem because marv who congratulations to marv roshak won the whole thing he won garage con 2021 um good for him but there was a there's a situation with tommy and marv where Marv was literally like six inches away with three objectives, and time was called. Oh no, sorry, time was not called. He killed all of Tommy's opposing force, and we're like, well, according to the rules, Whoops. you get one objective. Whereas if he would have left Tommy's Wolfen alive, the next turn he would have gained three objectives. So it was a little, the rule works, the rule works, as long as everybody knows the rule. (laughs) So um, we're pretty confident in that rule. The other one is time. Um, How much time left in the round. And we're still kind of going back and forth. Um, The idea right now, I think, is to allow, to have a last call, and then... 
uh, say it three or five minutes, and then you are not allowed to move past another round after that. So if you're taking 30 seconds per round, you're done. And then after, we're also going to have a cutoff time after time that if you can't complete your round, you're done. And it's it's just one of those, it's, it's a hard thing to do because you don't want to, like, people are battling for 80 minutes and you don't want to just strip them of their win if they happen to go five minutes past the round. But at the same time, you can't allow players to go 15, 20 minutes in one round, which I don't think would happen, but it's possible. You guys did it. We went 10 minutes. It was over 15 it was not. You said when we and finished. That is when you the said, broadcast. That's when the broadcast broadcast came to a screeching halt. <laughs> it, it just watching watching coach stare at his at his uh, helicopters, <laughs> yeah. screaming my infantry at the sky. It was just like <laughs> nothing to comment on. Here. Um, yeah, and I didn't even do anything to him. It it it. And you know these are learning experiences, and that that's what happens. Oh, hi, ill wife. Hi, ill wife. Oh, and she's out. Yeah, it's that's the first like uh, husband wife kiss on the show. Really on. I'm a bad husband. Just, just, just blame us. Blame just us. let her know that she has possibly created a whole new merchandise line for the Wolfnet Pod Radio Podcast. <laughs> oh, if I could get her to wear it, we're we're getting we're we're thinking of doing like nice ladies T-shirts, you know, the V cut or whatever a ladies T-shirt is, but it's got ill wife and like nice cursive and stuff like that. That'd be so great. Oh, see when and we could get we we should like customize one that says the OG ill ill wife. Well, I'm thinking I'm thinking <laughs> for, for her. I'm thinking for her it's going to have like a a serial number just like 01. <laughs> <laughs> but um <clears throat> so uh, what what did you guys learn about infantry because I think there was like a little yes. scatter effects. So um infantry being dropped from VTOLs there's, I, I misread the must and I thought it said may. And I went back and forth on the Battletech forums. And uh, if you're going to drop infantry or battle armor from a VTOL unit, clearly in the rules it says you must follow dropping troops uh, rules on page 160 something in Alpha Strike. So. You can't drop infantry and jump capable battle armor from VTOLs or any airborne unit without following those rules. And those rules state that um, you can't attack or move, which is kind of a big problem because that was my whole idea. <laughs> so while it's still, it still can be a viable tactic because while they're dropping, they get a plus three to hit. So if you're gonna if you're gonna drop troops in bunkers or, or something like that, they don't get to shoot that round, but they can drop. But they do have the possibility of scattering, and I am one for two on scattering. 
Even if it has the para special mm-hmm. ability? The para ability only allows infantry troops to be dropped from airborne units. That's all that is. They, you can you can drop infantry units from airborne units. That's all the para ability does. Oh. So when you're dropping okay. when you're dropping infantry, they get a. First of all, you place them at the end of all movement. Uh, they get a plus three to hit. As a TMM, they ignore all other TMM, but they get a plus three to hit. Uh, They cannot attack. They cannot move. And if you don't roll a five or better, they scatter. And if they scatter, (laughs) they take damage. By the margin of failure. By the margin of failure. So when you roll a two, (laughs) like I did. Except when they're they're ziplining. You can zipline, yes. The rule, yeah, that would apply to holes. I should have used the zipline, but But they still they still take one damage. Right. You need to you need to go look at the most recent rules because I printed them today. The ziplining was I don't know conveniently or opportunistically left out. (laughs) Ziplining rule is currently not on the on the list. So (laughs) of course, (laughs) fucking a. Why not? Um, so the other big thing though, that, that we found, um, and I verified this, um, is in the attack modifiers table, there is the standing still movement and jumping movement. The, uh, little asterisks or the little subtext there says infantry conventional and battle armor do not use the standing still or jumping attacker movement modifiers. So that is another very unique thing to infantry. Um, And the only other thing that comes to mind that's very odd, or not odd, but a bonus, is they don't spend extra moving through trees. They move through trees as if it's clear terrain. Yep. Yep. So that was, uh, those were the other two big things that we noticed that we've been doing wrong. Um, So, yeah. Yeah. Infantry are cool, and that's what we're trying to bring out in the 350 anyway. So, dropping yeah. v, dropping infantry from VTOLs so much or uh, somewhat not as cool as it was, <laughs> but still a thing. It's not as cool as a three turn uh, win on rampage. That's true. That's true. I have found yeah. out though that you can suicide an eight point warrior <laughs> and just have them land. <laughs> and you can drop troops like normal. It's just don't expect your warrior ho- your warrior helicopter to live. So, but overall, uh, GarageCon was awesome. It was fun. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. It was a day of BattleTech, and then went back and had some drinks and had a good time. And uh, I think everyone had a great time. So I not I don't I don't mean this negatively, but what did you see that was different from GarageCon than Crawl Sisters a Go Go? Better lighting. <laughs> Better lighting. <laughs> I don't watch Crawl Sisters Go Go. Um, the one th- the the big thing I would say would be the uh, software we have for tournament uh, scoring. That was very helpful. Thank you, Chico, yes. again. 
Um, I will be, Wait. I will be hopefully having that link up on uh, one of our many uh, outlets that we have for people to download. Um, it is a very, very, very handy piece of software for tournament organizing, scorekeeping, um, all the other stuff. So that was one of the big things for for me. That was the difference. Okay. More people knowing the rules, I think, was another one. They okay. they they grasped the concept of the three fifty better. I think the lists we, were better. We had great um, constant commentary from those who were on audio. Yes, um, it it does do a lot to have a commentator on for the show. Um, even if you are by yourself, Gideon, uh, you were there to be able to streamline the, the questions coming from the YouTube channel. Um, That's true. And to be able to answer them in real time, as well as people watching it. Um, we had uh, more terrain and painted units. Um, so I think people were more prepared. It was really helpful. It was closer to what I imagine our final product being at Garage. I mean, and, and, and naturally so. I mean, you have the first one, the second one, the third one will be better, fourth one will be better, um, and then hopefully come Gen Con. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. Knock on wood. Did, did everybody see that, that deal that came out? And the survey? Illusion, the illusion of safety we're trying to get <laughs> to again? Oh, the survey? I filled the survey out. Uh, Kevin, did you fill the survey out? I haven't run an event, so no. <laughs> no, it was to every person who bought oh, a badge. I didn't get. I didn't get an email. Oh, but maybe check you're your, not check invited. Check your junk mail. I'm, check I'm, your, va- I'm vaccinated. So. Check your junk mail. <laughs> he 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 probably just gets like a group badge. It's probably just like here's all the CSO guys. Here's your badge. No, we don't. They don't. CSO no, multipass. They don't. Everybody, everybody gets their own badge. Uh, they, oh man! Well, Please, it, uh, they don't sorry. comp you a badge. Well, like, there's a lot of things I haven't heard. Like, apparently, I get a discount through Iron Medals that I just found out about like a month ago. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. We won't tell the ill wife. <laughs> Does so, the uh, ill wife listen Kevin, to the podcast? Kevin, the she big just, thing though is, yeah, she, you get the discount. Like I am so. Make the trip to Iron Winds. If I you're do. gonna buy stuff, yeah, that's the only way to do it. I know. My dad and uh, Mike know, and uh, Melissa, like, they go way back, and we always visit with them when we're at cons and stuff. Um, Bring bush light. Yeah, no, I need to make the actual pilgr- pilgrimage to, to the Mecca to to get the to get stuff there directly. Take your cool. sprue. Take your extra sprue. <laughs> Oh, uh, one last thing I want to take away from GarageCon, and I hope everyone is listening to this. We had three players out of the ten that were under the age of 14. Yeah, uh, no, 14 and under. Why it's 14? Under the age of, okay. 14 and under. Under the age of 15. Under the age of 15, there we go. Uh, we had a 12, uh, 13? 
my daughter's my daughter's twelve and my boy's fourteen. Okay, so two twelves and a fourteen, and they had a blast. In fact, Wyatt was on the last table. Wyatt, Wyatt took third. Yeah, and so I know there's the argument: classic versus three, you know, Alpha Strike, and there's that middle area there. I don't. You can play classic. I don't care. You can play Alpha Strike. You don't care. But I'm just. I just want to preface this saying, we had some new BattleTech players come into this, played seven hours of BattleTech, and wanted to play more afterwards. So, I think that's getting the job done. Yeah. If if we want to, you know, if we want to bring new people in. Um, not to toot our own horns, but toot toot. I mean, the 350 is a very easy way to get people in. I mean, Kevin's all about it. <laughs> Kevin. He's, he's, he's not enough. How many 350 <laughs> lists you got? We'll let you go after this. No, two. no, no, no. I got time. I, I got two. NovaCat and... I got a Zygalaxy list for NovaCat, and I've got a Clan Wolf list. Are they all painted? Right. Okay. Uh, I... I actually, so the Novacat list has changed, so the three mechs I have done for it aren't in the list anymore. Um, so <laughs> Welcome to the struggle. It's that really- is the struggle of the 350. I will say that. <laughs> Constantly so I've, got, I've got six mechs on the table um, from my Galaxy list, and I got the Anher cleaned up and primed. Um, I am scratch building my opponent E. I'm getting on my list. i got to shut up. <laughs> I was just gonna say, man, come on! You gave away pretty much, <laughs> dude. No, those are... he hasn't given he hasn't given everything away yet. But how good are those opponent E's? So good, they're good. They're a good time. They're, they're yeah. so. So actually, I'm gonna use Zukov turrets for the plasma cannons. Ooh! And, uh, oh, all right. And then and then sculpt like uh, little vents on the the auto cannon ten barrels, and then. I gotta make sure. I, I think the AP houses are all in the torso or the turret. I can't remember, but um, everything's on the turret. Yeah. So it, I've got a bunch of iron holds. So I'll just I'll use the AP houses from there and make. Uh, Quit giving away our Patreon uh, uh, gems of the month. <laughs> you literally just covered two months right there. <laughs> um, no, and and that is. The minute we came up with this thing, that was the one thing I was like, the most fun about the 350 is list creating and like, oh, I got to fit this one in there. Oh, but this is so good too. (laughs) My problem is is like, I've only played Alpha Strike a handful of times and like, I'm still trying to wrap my head around like the point cost of things and like, what's too much to spend on the unit, what's not enough. And like, I mean... There are some like units for me that are like like clutch, like the linebacker H. It's like thirty six points. It can at medium range overheat and cook off five damage, and like it's got decent armor. And so like I love the linebacker H. And the vulture E is like also like thirty ish points in three 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 flak. And but like I don't know, like, I I have a hard time wrapping my brain around the point cost for Alpha Strike. And, and well, you're like, you're on the right track. Yeah, keep keep talking. You're you're making a lot of sense. Don't what we've been proving. Don't be afraid to spend fifty points here and there, or sixty five. Why? <laughs> or 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 you could be like your fellow CSO artist uh, Raymond White. Shout out Raymond. 
spending 86 points on a direwolf E? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, I think skill so. Two. He, he bumped that baby up to a skill two. <laughs> it was 86 points. And it sat there. <laughs> it, and he took that on the uh, turn three loss that I gave him. That it was it was a situation of he was totally prepared to destroy anything that got close, but he couldn't get close. So <laughs> it, it was just a it, it was a it was an awesome mech that for that scenario just didn't play out the way he was wanting it to. Right. Yeah, I I will say I am interested in the the thought process. It's not a bad idea. I mean, I it. As much as it pains me to sink almost a hundred points into one mech, I mean, if you're doing nine points of damage at a pile of skill two, that erases things very fast. So I'm I'm thinking about building a Republic of the Sphere unit and putting a super heavy in. Just oh. to try it. Oh, the first time I played against Ray, or I played the Alpha Strike Total, first time ever it was in Indianapolis and it was me, Joe, and Mario versus Ray, Cliff Snyder, and uh, again, me, Andrew. And Ray did have a super heavy in his list. And I took kind of a fast uh, wolf force. And Joe had like, I think, eight kind of inner sphere mechs. And then Mario also had a, a fast clan force. And so Mario and I like flanked around and then we just kind of ate into the middle. And the super heavy was like left. And, I think we ended up carrying the day, but it came down to like getting a super heavy down. Um, but yeah, those super heavy are no joke. I want to I want to take a step back because I'm I'm curious with the panel that we have here. So and then no disrespect to the classic players that are here. I had a I had a recent conversation, and I was asked if I had to introduce a new player, someone brand new to the to to BattleTech. What would you use? Would you use the beginner box set? Would you use a game of Armored Combat or Alpha Strike? And I'm curious, Matt, what would you use? You had to in introduce the game to a new player. What would you use to introduce a new player to the game? And and I've done that already with um, some uh, family friends at the local game shop. And we used the game of Armored Combat because it had a little bit of both, but and we, we, we got him the game set, Aaron and I did. And um, it had both sides of, of the gambit. But we did start off with Alpha Strike for the format because it was less numbers to deal with. And you have more of a, um, a hands-on approach with tape measure of, like, making sure the the maps are all correct and hex facing and it was easier and quicker because the one thing about teaching people and keeping them interested before you have them drop off and lose interest is make it quick, make it fast, make it fun. Crazy. Charles. Oh, um, well, see, I, I haven't tried to introduce anybody through alpha strike. Um, so I think, I mean, Alpha Strike. Hmm. No, I think I would, I would probably try to introduce them through Alpha Strike, um, just because it's less record keeping, 
Uh, it, I mean, it depends a little bit on the person. If, it, you know, if, if I'm playing somebody who is a uh, crunchy person, like, you know, into engineering, into the little detail stuff, I'd probably start with Game of Armored Combat. But by and large, I think just the average person on the street, Alpha Strike would probably be the way to go. Okay. Tommy, you actually have, uh, uh, oh, yeah, uh, you have had a, an, in a recently. Did your boy catch on or enjoy Classic or Alpha Strike? Or is he both? I think, well, when he, when he did the, the beginner box. Because the beginner box is not Classic. Well, it's Classic rules, but you don't have internal. And yeah, no sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I think he was kind of, he liked that. So then when he was playing Alpha Strike, he got a little confused with some of the uh, classic uh, rules. But I think he's he's Alpha Strike now. So, um, but, so, yeah, new people, like what Gideon said, would probably be Alpha Strike, but if they have more of that technical numbers type, calculations and all that stuff i think it may be classic but okay i'm wondering if you know the player that you're introducing is he's played D &D, or they're a a role-playing person like if you know that ahead of time then one they're gonna have an aptitude of reading rules and being you know taking you know, half an hour or an hour of explaining rules while you're going through it. If they're more of a role player or this and that, and that's what classic is kind of. Um, it's much more of a D&D approach. It's much more of a role playing. If you're, if you're, I've got an hour to teach you Battletech or try to even hook you into Battletech, then I would say go Alpha Strike. Because big stompy robots, you know, you get to use uh, all this other stuff. And you can use infantry and tanks and VTOLs and stuff like that with all the same rules. Basic, I mean, basic rules. But if you are if you know they play D&D or if they're more of a role player, I think they would have more of an interest if you taught them classic. Okay. But I'd say 75% of the people interested in a war game or would probably favor alpha strike to start and i want to preface to start get him get him hooked is basically what you're trying to do yep kevin you have any thoughts i mean you've you've been playing for a long time well much like us um, yeah, I, think, I think they're different games um like i mean the the basic like mechanics and stuff are similar but like they're very different games. Like, I don't think Alpha Strike is like Battletech Light. Um, oh, for sure. I agree. More yeah. Like, fast Battletech. Uh, I mean, like, and some people really like the nitty gritty. Like, it's one of those, like, do you really want, like, the flavor of, like, resource management and all the intricacies and stuff? Like, then play classic. And I mean, I think for your, like, run, like, for most people, especially for younger players, Alpha Strike's more appealing. Um, like when I probably teach my son Battletech, which I'm going to do, <laughs> I'll probably teach him Alpha Strike um, to start with um, and see how he does and if he likes it or not. I mean, I still have all my MechWarrior Dark Age stuff, 
and that's not Battletech at all. Um, but might get him into stompy robots and stuff, and so he's very much into dinosaurs. So I gotta make him make the switch. But. <laughs> See, but, but but I think that that's the thing, right? Is the the universe is so deep and interesting and uh, fun that if you can just get somebody a little invested on some level with it, if it, you know, if they come in through Alpha Striker, they come in through Classic. I don't think, you know, as long as you can wet their appetite just a little bit, so then they're they start digging because there's so many like online resources and stuff. Yeah. Once you get rolling, you you don't stop. Because I, I do think that Alpha Strike, you lose some of the flavor of the individual mechs a little bit. Um, and so, like, that's the one kind of cool thing about Classic, especially if you play with perks and stuff, is there's, I mean, there's too much depth almost in Classic and, and all that, but you can really get into the nitty gritty, but it just it takes forever to play a game. That, like, when my dad and I play, we can do a company on company size game in three or four hours playing Classic because, like, we have all the tables memorized and we can just go and we know, I mean, we know we've, we play together so long that it just it just goes quick, um, but for regular regular games, yeah, it just takes forever. And so, um, and like my dad will not play Alpha Strike. <laughs> he's just like, no, this isn't this isn't Battle It's like he will only play Classic, and and that's just fun to play with him that way. And okay, yeah. I, and that that's interesting because there's there's a lot of folks that I know that that are in that camp of. I'm a classic player and I'm not going to give Alpha Strike Alpha Strike a chance or even a shot. That happened that actually happened this afternoon. I was over at um Bob's place and his roommate um uh, starts with a D. I forget. I apologize. But he was in that camp of I'm I'm a classic player. Well, <clears throat> we were there and I was kind of describing the 350. We had a new guy that just showed up and he came down at the same time. But it was interesting that after we started talking about the 350 and it's an army and we have scenarios and objectives and you have this quote on, you know, they're all D&D and, and uh, they knew about sideboard, right? You have a sideboard for these missions. They were like, oh, well, that makes sense. And then he started asking questions, you know, and I think the biggest thing for him was the fact that we rolled 2d6 per point, right? That... I think was a serious shortcoming in the rules. Um, I get that it's supposed to be streamlined and more fast or you know, quicker, a quicker gameplay, but that immediately turns off classic players. And once, once he saw how that was working and he got to see how the game was working, he started asking some really good questions. So I'm hopeful, fingers crossed that um, he'll at least give it a chance. Right. I mean, the people that say, Oh, I'm a, and only a classic player, and I'll never try it. The R350 format, I think, is is something unique that if you give it a shot, you give it a chance, I think you're going to come into it. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping. Just, like, I was just, yeah, I'm hoping it like Gen Con or something. Like, if I play, if I play in the 350 or whatever, like, because my dad goes to Gen Con with me all the time, like, he'd be like, okay, dad, watch this and see what he thinks. So, you know, like, come come to the dark side. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was just an interesting conversation that I had last week with someone, and I was curious as to where you guys, how you guys saw things and where everybody stood. So, thank you. And I know it may sound like we're all 
Alpha Strike is the way to go. It's not the case. It's just, I still like playing Classic. Like, we're going to play Classic this Thursday. I told Kyle we're playing Classic this Thursday, so get ready, boys. No, you get ready. Oh, I will get ready. <laughs> See, when I, I, I really think that the big biggest difference is with Alpha Strike, because the units are streamlined, the PV is more accurate, whereas there is so much crunchiness in Classic when it comes to BV2 that things get cheesy quick. Mm-hmm. And... So it's much easier, and and that's one of the biggest reasons I'm such a proponent of the 350 format is because everybody can just show up with a list and play, Um, and 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 be relatively balanced. Whereas if I say we're doing a 10,000 point BV classic, that I mean, you 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 can go all the way from just like (laughs) then my then then my buddy Chris then my buddy Chris shows up with seven wraiths and a spider and then <laughs> right. you go, well fuck this game's over it's right that's no fun. <laughs> yeah so i mean thanks. i i think thanks chris I, yeah i think that that's the biggest difference in in my mind is pv balances better than bv and that's where i think it, trying to you know cultivate like a competitive format or just a standard like list building type format where pv matters and and i've been watching um uh shout out to dfa they've been doing alpha strike um through their battleytics and when the and when you see that matched pv and they come up with like within a few percentage points of wins between the two different numbers, it's like, yeah, PV's working. It makes sense. But it doesn't work that way with BV, where you can have two mechs, same BV, and one is going to win every time. Do you think BV needs to go BV3? I don't know that there is a good way to balance Hmm. by by BV. I mean, because uh, to say, like, 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 I'm sure there is, but the formulas for it would get so complex and weird that it would like you'd be running it through a a quantum computer to make make it work you know it'd be (laughs) some sort of really weird algorithm too many variables i mean catalyst has got like two or three of those lying around oh i'm sure sure. (laughs) um and and to give credit tommy is working on an 8k Kind of 6K? 350 formula, maybe, I think. Uh, I think we're trying 6K. We're oh. trying to dump it down to 6K so that we could get a match in. Now you're talking my language it. here. Okay, speak to me, honey. Um, But it's the same rules. Everything's the same rules, just lower B, uh, um, BB. BB. Sure. We, sure. we might be lowering the tonnage at that point as well. Well, fear not. We are working on some new rules to to trade over to Classic, too. Because, you know, one project's done. On to the next, right, boys? Yep. Um, Kevin? Yeah. How you doing? I'm, uh, I'm probably going to need to sign off. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have any shout-outs? Shout-outs? Yeah. Um, shout-outs to the Indian Alpha Strike guys. Uh... Joe, Cliff, Dave, Ray, uh, Mario, um, 
I'm forgetting somebody. Uh, shout out to Dale. Dale's my partner in crime. His your uh, boo. He's my boo. <laughs> and uh, a shout out to my dad. And dad's the you know I've been doing BattleTech with my dad since I was five, and it, it's just this cool thing. And we work we get to work together now. So um, how, big shout out to him. How old's your dad? My dad will be sixty-one this year. We have to get him and Mark up hooked up. Tippet. We we got old man Tippett. He's a big fan. Um, he's uh, he's been a very very good friend of all of us here. And so if you, if you guys are going to Gen Con, we're going to Gen Con, and uh, we'll have to hook up and have some beers and oh for sure hash some old BattleTech stories. So for sure, maybe your dad should sign up for the cadet training. <laughs> oh jeez! Oh yes! <laughs> That would be fun. He would have a blast. I guarantee you he would have a blast. That would be funny. That would be a good time. Oh, I'll have to say I talk him into it. <laughs> <laughs> any other shout-outs, Kevin? Um, no, I can't think of any. Right. Thanks for having me on. This is fun. Oh, yeah, thanks like, for coming, man. I always like talking Battletech and painting and stuff. And... One last question. What's your dad's yeah. faction? Uh, he's Fed Sons. Oh, uh, what? Well, hey, uh, come on, that makes sons, sense. Ra- Rabbit Fox. Um, he's been in it since '85. <laughs> yeah, Fed sons. That makes sense. That's his. That's his shtick. I actually, I got to teach him airbrushing a couple weeks ago. That was fun. Oh boy! So teaching the old dog new tricks. <laughs> my mom wanted to get him a computer for christmas i was like well get him an airbrush it'll be cheaper a little bit and <laughs> a little um, instead bit of, <laughs> instead of him bugging you about the computer not working he'll bug me about the airbrush not working <laughs> <laughs> but no it, it, it was fun well, and i'll have to i'll have to make the pilgrimage up to you guys and play sometime sorry i missed garage con i was really hoping to but it's it's hard to to ditch my wife with the three kids for a long weekend like that so Right on. Yeah, life happens. Yeah, we're gonna have plenty more, oh, so yeah. don't worry about it. We're gonna be heading your way anyway, so one oh, of good. these. Good. I'll just be lazy and you can come to me. We'll just come to you. <laughs> right on. We will do that. Just as long as we drop our minis off and we get them within a year. <laughs> I'll just teach. I'll just, we'll just have a paint session. I'll just, I'll just teach. Oh, there you go. That would be phenomenal. Master class with Bruschetta yeah, I'm for that. That'd be fun. Well, I want to say thank you for coming on. I know it's been too long. You've been wanting to be on the show forever. Um, I think we succeeded in having one of our best shows ever. Oh, wow. I'm on so, it. Uh, Went from scraping the bottom of the barrel to one of the best shows To, to top yeah, tier, well, baby. <laughs> don't forget about the again. Oh, yeah, we've never talked about Thank you very much. It, yeah. Yo, talked about so many new topics. <laughs> Yeah, yep. Well, cool, guys. Thanks again for having me on. It was a blast. I'd do it anytime. So, all right. We'll have you back. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Have a good night, guys. Kevin. Good night. Good night. Rashido. Fucking Rashido. Finally, glad. I'm glad we finally got that hooked up. You know, he's just the nicest guy. Not very often does the man meet the myth, but. Nice, nice, spicy guy. He is a spicy man. I like it. 
Oh, I'm super glad we got to have him on. All right. What else we got? We got, um, oh, regiment. Uh, let's do a little regiment talk. Um, so uh, I know we uh, have had a kind of a hiatus of, of sorts. Uh, and this was partly, this is all Blaine's fault. Just letting everyone know that the regiment lull <laughs> was all Blaine's fault. But now that we know what happened to the Wolf's Dragoons and and special operations, so now we know where we're going next. And dun da da da, the next uh, next target is the Wolf Clan X Homeworld, Gina Two. Um, oh, Gina Two. Gina Two. <laughs> Terrible. Um, so anyway, um, yes, huge new campaign coming up. We have, um, a whole new tracker system. Um, we have all three battalions involved as well as command. Uh, it's a super awesome thing. If you want to be a part of the action, um, please, uh, go on the Facebook page. It's, uh, one of the three announcements. I gotta, I gotta take some announcements down, but... The Wolfnet Regiment is an announcement on our Facebook page. Uh, comment below on your call sign and your mech of choice. Please, no more assaults. And and please, almost no more heavies. <laughs> we are a very, we're a very heavy unit for being a shadow uh, special operations group. But uh, if you absolutely need to be in an Atlas Three. We'll we'll ask you to maybe pick something else, but um, eh, I can shift down to <laughs> something lighter. I can trim some fat. I, I can I could go down to a black lantern. I'm fine. I go that. down to a medium. Okay. Hell, or, I'm falling in love with that wolf and sea. So maybe we can I, make some tons of room. Can I go down to a crab two C? <laughs> You're going to have to figure out where the cockpit's going to be first. Anyway, uh, the Wolfnet Regiment is back on the warpath. Special Ops is invading a new planet. Um, we're super excited. I want to give a shout-out right now, before I forget, to Alpha Bravo, or Alpha Company, Bravo Company, Easy, and Fenrir. Already have their first games in. We started it Friday night. Good luck to everyone. Sorry. We have a, a whole new setup. I think it's a lot more streamlined right now, and uh, it should be a good time. So, by the oh, sorry for new listeners. This is a campaign that we do on Mega Mech, so um, it's all online, and it's a super fun time. It's a good way to get involved and meet everyone that is in the Wolfnet Regiment. Which there are plenty of characters to meet in the Wolfnet Regiment, so. Characters. Characters. That's the most polite way I'm going to put it. <laughs> so there's my Wolfnet Regiment update. We haven't had mm -hmm. one in a while. We have not. Um, looks like we had some requests from uh, fans for swag, so. <laughs> Do we have we any have... information on swag? Um, we have stickers. We have uh, currently... Excellent uh, stickers, by the way. Plenty of vinyl 3-inch and 2-inch stickers. Which I think... Yeah. Oh, look at that. Look at you! Wow! We just have to find Who a way did, to get them to them. 
Who did you up to? <laughs> He's making it rain. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we have plenty of stickers to start dis- uh, uh, dispersing amongst the masses. So disseminating, disseminating. They, they will for sure be at with us at events. We could stipple the community with <laughs> with stickers. Um, we could probably start with the uh, Patreon people first. I I do know the uh, the best way to get stickers is to uh, join our Patreon. I know we talked about it last time in our podcast, and it is up and running. Um, it is, we're not, we're not one of those podcasts where it's like we have a 12 tier all the way up to $25 a month kind of a thing. It's just a flat $3. Uh, you guys will be helping us out, um, making some new stuff, some new game aids, um, getting us out to events, uh, making stickers and hats and stuff like that uh, available. Upgrading equipment. Upgrading, upgrading equipment, yep, um, to make our, our podcast even better. Um, but if you want to sign up for uh, our Patreon page, I appreciate it. Uh, it's Just type in WolfNet into Patreon, and it should be the first one that pops up. And it's WolfNet, all one word, not Wolf space net. <laughs> How'd you get it fixed? I got it fixed. I got it fixed. <laughs> Score. So, um, but yeah, guys, and just just letting you know, the the pay, Patreon is to help pay for. I mean, we have uh, hosting costs and stuff like that. Um, in no way do we want this to sound like. Uh, please give us money for us to go buy a yacht or something like that, because that's not going to happen fuck has time for that yeah who has time for vacation right who has time for painting minis (laughs) i couldn't even get time off if i asked for it but just knowing whatever you do donate if you want to donate it is all going right back into the community so um it's not like we're taking a pay it's not like we're taking money out of the bank so no, we've already invested a lot of our own money for that. Yeah, yeah. We appreciate if you are a Patreon. If not, that's fine. You're still going to be able to listen to our golden voices every month. Um, so don't worry about it. But uh, if you if you can spare $3 a month, do. If you can't, please don't sign up for Patreon because it's kind of still rough times out there. So look we out. Want you to, we look. want you to maintain an even strain of your own yes. life first. Yes, yes. And trust us, family comes first. I will People say, though, if you do sign up for Patreon, you do get a gem of the month for the 350 For what that's worth. For, what's that, <laughs> for what that's worth. <laughs> hey, that could be winning a tournament or not. That is true. It, it might true. save you a few hours on MUL. I think we actually, <laughs> I think we actually like dropped a bigger bomb than we should have for the first 350 drop, but... Because that gem you, was well, quite the gem. Why did you even mention it then? <laughs> it's called en- enticing the listener. <laughs> oh, quit, quit teasing. Don't tease. I, that's all I am is a tease. So you are a tease. <laughs> so, yes. Um, oh, and speaking of swag, sorry, got any off subject. Uh, we have something in the works. We can't promote it right now because it's not done. 
but something will be coming for you to directly go get swag. Did I do that right, Andrew? Yeah. Okay. It's a big one. I can make so, that. I can make that work. The, it, you, you perfectly said nothing. That's exactly. I what perfectly we said nothing, for. but made you, them you know. Promised nothing. That's right. I promised <laughs> nothing. I promised them a website. That's what I promised them, <laughs> or a link. So be on the lookout for that. Um, that's all I got. Shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs. Shout outs. Andrew, Andrew, you're first, buddy. On the list. I am going to have a shout out to all of the special ill wives and partners that are out there Nice. that uh, allow us to do this stupid little game of ours. And (laughs) and I know that it's not little by any stretch, um, uh, but a lot of a lot of thanks go out to um, those that cover the children and and, um, And keep the home light burning while we get to go roll dice. So a big thank you to them. I'm next. Uh, I'd like to thank the regiment for continuous uh, weekly games and communication to be involved with. That is awesome. Um, Without a regular um, group of people that are willing to be open-minded and have fun and play games and be a little bit reckless in fiction, um, we would not have all this. So, and also big thanks to our closest supporters who have actually in depth helped us um, play test, critique, plan, execute. We've sent a few packages out for that as a special thank you. And there may be some in the future, but um, they have contributed greatly. Um, and you know who we are. So that's all I got. All right. Well, I will go next. I got Drew BB Bethards and Mario the Mr. Brute. Um, I just <laughs> yeah, wanted to, What is Mr.? What is with he's, the he's Mr. Brute? He is, he is that special that he gets a, a title in his call sign. Um, but thank you guys for helping me out with the GrouchCon announcing. Um, you definitely didn't have to, but it was a world of difference having you guys around. Um, and then, uh, I've been applying my, uh, great death legion, uh, decals. They've been working great. So I wanted to give a shout out to a uh, fighting piranha graphics. Um, it's like, I know that we're, we don't always get the best, uh, equipment and stuff from official sources. Like that's not always, it doesn't always feel like the best stuff, the highest quality. Um, little different now with the Kickstarter. That's all good stuff. But anyway, I digress. Um, it's awesome that Fighting Piranha Graphics is the official decal source because their decals are top-notch. Impeccable. Um, so good. Yeah, so thank so you, good. Brian, over there at Fighting Piranha uh, Graphics. I appreciate you, all the hard work you do. And uh, don't we know somebody else over there at Fighting Piranha? Ray. Ray Arista is another one that's over there. Good job, you Ray. said it. You said it, not me. All right. <laughs> Who is that? He he's like your spirit animal, right? Well, yeah, but I I was 
you know, like I shouted him out like every month, the last few months, and I was going to not shout him out this time, but then fighting piranha thing happened. He's your fucking spirit animal. I know, but I, I st- <laughs> I, I'm still waiting for the cease and desist letter from his lawyers because I feel like at some point he's just going to be like, dude, seriously, stop just, it. Just, just get him a bottle of Fireball. You'll be just, fine. Just let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Tommy, who you got shout outs for, buddy? I got shout outs to Gold Bishop. Um,. And then I got shout outs to uh I'll give a shout out to to Karma. Does everybody Ooh. remember who Karma is? I know Karma well. Well, she has a baby deacon in there, so uh baby oh. karma. Are we allowed to say that? It's I thought so. Okay. Oops. Well, it's Well Buns Buns out of the <laughs> oven now. <laughs> oh, I thought I saw something on Facebook. Okay, okay. Uh, yes, I, I thought I saw a little a, a little deacon picture. On Congratulations it. to Mister and Mrs. Raymond White for their new bundle of joy on the way. And and if I wasn't supposed to let the the bean out of the bag, I apologize. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. We should probably double check that sort of thing before we before we ah, the final. Fuck it. <laughs> Make sure. Jeez. Uh, yes, two two great things happened for Raymond White. He became a CSO artist, and he's going to have a baby. So, and, and so let's hey, let's right? let's let's mark this so that let's double check with Ray before nah. <laughs> before we do this. Because um, I don't stamp. think that he needs to. I don't think we need to ruin that for them. All right, fine. Three oh six. Baby. Thank you. But if he says okay, then I'm leaving the 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 synchronization of the edit in there because it's just that more fun. It is funny. Yeah, that's cool. Also, Karma, you were awesome. She oh, was. Yeah. She was hilarious. I, I don't remember her real name. I just know that her nickname is Karma. Is call her her call. That's why we Karma. give people call signs. Her title is Ill, Ill Ill Wife. She is also an ill wife. Well, yes. Soon to be an ill mom. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, yeah. uh, you have any contacts? Oh, hold on! I got my what? shoutouts. I'm gonna give out. I thought you, you threw him out earlier. I, I that was that was a quick one. I got more. Uh, I want to shout out to John Helfers, Blaine, Blaine Lee Pardo, Phil Philip Lee, uh, Brent Evans, Ray Arastia, and Aaron Carl. You <laughs> one. I wanna I wanna thank Ray and and uh, Aaron more than the rest of them because I love the AMAs from the car. <laughs> <laughs> Keep doing that, guys. I love that background. Uh, but beep, I want to I want to thank all those guys for doing the AMA. It was <laughs> it was a very good AMA. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Uh, it was a great job. Uh, I want to thank everyone who came to GarageCon. Uh, most everyone is <laughs> on this podcast right now. But um, again, I want to thank my co-hosts uh, and everyone else out in the Battletech community who. Is part of Wolfnet, and if you're not a part of Wolfnet, thank you too for being a fan of Battletech. More the merrier. 
And with that note, uh, comments, concerns, uh, complaints, you can reach us at WNRP of WallStreetGoons.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Discord, YouTube, and the Patreon. Thank you for a great evening. I hope you enjoyed the show, and uh, have a pleasant tomorrow. There's games and miniatures! Woo!